Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hit record, you fucking happy? I don't know if happy is the right word, but uh, I'm not complaining. Well, you know what? That seems appropriate for this movie, so I'm just going to get right into it and say this is Shark Across Hollywood, <laughs> and this week we're going to do uh, a happy little indie film called Kicking and Screaming that came out in 1995. It's not the fucking Will Ferrell movie. Get off my ass about it. People, like the hypothetical person that's saying like, oh, the Will Ferrell movie, and it's not Will Ferrell. You've never heard of anybody in this fucking, sh- in this movie. You might have. <laughs> you don't know their names, but you have seen them in stuff, and we'll get to some of that, and it, it's kind of surprising some of the weird shit that is attached to this movie. I know at least one of them that everybody has seen. Would that be uh, the, the the ginger man himself? Uh, no, actually, I think more people may have seen uh, the person I'm thinking of than have seen old Eric Stoltz just because uh, Stranger Things was a worldwide phenomenon. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're that's that's the one that was that weirded me out. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> At I was first, very surprised. At, yeah. <laughs> at first I felt super creepy because I was like, oh man, she's God, she's cute. And then I was like, oh my God, she's, she's playing. She's, I don't know if she actually was 16, but she's playing 16. I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking creep. And then I realized, oh, actually I was 16 the year this movie came out. So it's completely appropriate. Oh, well, yeah, that's, yeah, it was, uh, she was born in 71. So 1994, how old was 71. she? 71. Jesus. She was like 25 then when this came out. Oh, okay, good. Then, then it's not creepy at all. <laughs> How about Chris Eagman? He was born in 65, and he's supposed to be like five years older than her. Six years. About six years older than her. So yeah, hey, yes. that's perfect. So he's 34 years old playing 22. Well, at least it makes more sense. At least they're not in high school. Yeah, that's true. It, like, they are all in college. Well, I yeah. mean, technically, well, no, she no, is, that's right. That's right. They're all graduating yeah. at the start of the movie. So, And she actually looks like she could be in high graduating, school. Graduating college, that is. Yes. She actually looks like she could still be in high school at that point. She has that yes, thing going. Which is, I think, which is probably why they cast her as a 16 year old the kid who the guy who played skippy could have totally been a high school student at that point though also which one's skippy the, oh, the, is he, he's the guy who looks like the guy from the faculty yeah he's the annoying one yeah but it's not the guy from the faculty i looked it up uh no it's not the guy from the faculty which guy from the faculty the jock the quarterback the jock the quarterback. i've not seen that movie in so long i couldn't even i couldn't even this is fucking this is riveting stuff guys i know oh that guy okay yeah no, i know i see where you're at okay yeah it kinda. looks like him doesn't it like especially at that age they they look like they could have been at least brothers all right so kicking and screaming this is one of those movies that came out it came out in 1995 it was a little late for that early 90s indie filmmaker boom and it was directed by a guy named noah bombach and written by him as well and he actually cameos in it a couple times i could not spot him like i i tried to see it but <laughs> or i tried to remember once i saw him in the credits and i was like i don't know who the fuck danny was oh i'll i'll, I'll point him out to you when we you'll you'll know i hate noah bombach um, I don't think I hate him. I probably don't hate him as a person. I probably do hate him as a person, but I don't hate this movie. No. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen any of his other movies. That's the thing. Like I'm, I rented this movie and I'll, we'll talk about that in a second too. I rented this movie and I'm like, oh, this is, this movie's fucking great. Let's watch 
some of his other movies. And I'm like, okay, how about The Squid and the Whale? Let's give that a try. Oh my, this is very depressing. Why is everybody so mean? What is, what's going on? Oh, hey, okay, let's, let's try one more. Margo at the Wedding. We'll watch Margo at the Wedding. Okay, what the fuck? Why are all of his characters so likable? Why did he make one movie where all the characters are kind of assholes, but they're all sort of likable in their own little way? And then he makes two movies where over the course of two whole movies, only one character is likable in both of those movies. Like, over the course <laughs> of two movies only one character and it's jack black and i don't think it would have been the character wouldn't have been likable if it wasn't jack black (laughs) well i'm gonna have to disagree with you on this i i think the reason i said i probably do hate him in real life is because literally every character in this movie embodied like one aspect of myself that i just fucking despise now it's not to say they weren't charming and they couldn't carry the movie i do enjoy the movie but I fucking hated every single one of them, specifically because every single one of them reminded me about of something I hate about myself. Yep. Oh, boy. We'll talk about it because I, I really want to because that that's actually important. And actually, you know, one of the weirder things about this movie, I hadn't watched this movie in a couple of years until the other day. And that's why I actually picked it. I'm like, we should do kicking and screaming, dude, because I fucking want to I want to I just want to watch it again and I want to have an excuse to watch it. And I want Rachel to not be like, really, again, and I'm like, dude, we watched. <laughs> it once like four years ago chill the fuck out <laughs> and you fell asleep so leave me alone and she fell asleep probably oh, well she yeah. always does when i'm like this is one of my favorite movies and she's like okay i'll give it a chance because she's being a good girlfriend you know and, and she, inevitably 15 minutes in she's yeah like motherfucker like <laughs> slc punk is a really important movie to me stop wait, it wait a minute wait a minute she fell asleep during slc punk yes oh man i don't know if I- I don't know if I could get past that. We were already about a... Well, nah. I was already moved in, so I couldn't leave. Oh, well, all right. All right, yeah. If <laughs> if you've moved in with somebody, that's that's probably one of the... Like, you, you got to have a lot more latitude in terms of yeah. things you're willing to accept. If it was, like, third date time, and it was like, all right, we're going to watch SLC Punk, and then we're going to fuck. And she fell asleep halfway through SLC Punk, and then I woke, woke up at the end and was like, oh, is the movie over? Let's fuck. I'd, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to fuck you now. No, I'd be like, okay, let's fuck, but I'm not going to call you tomorrow. <laughs> That is the perfect descriptor of the difference between us. So, hey, we were talking about Noah Baumbach for a second, like a few minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck is Noah Baumbach? And like I said, I don't like him. Uh, Do you know who else I don't like? Wes Anderson. Now, a lot of people that that is such a weirdly controversial opinion, I feel, because people love him so fucking much. And I think they're best friends. Noah Baumbach writes a lot of the movies that Wes Anderson has went on to direct i don't know what you deal with wes anderson is maybe he's an asshole on a personal level i don't fucking know oh, nope. but i love his movies nope. i have never seen a wes anderson movie i didn't love i have i've seen two and i didn't like either one it was bottle rocket and then another one of his more recent ones and i don't remember which one it was it, wow i it could might not have been, disagree with you more it might have been like moonrise kingdom or something okay i haven't seen moonrise kingdom so i don't know but bottle rocket was one of the first cool independent movies i ever saw it was one of those moments where i was like oh man film can be more than like independence day and uh sudden death starring jean-claude van damme you know like that was it was that and jim carrey movies and that was pretty much what i thought cinema was until i 
started seeing movies like Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket was one of the first movies I saw where I was really like, oh my God, this independent thing can be really cool. Well, I'm glad you like it, but I do not. <laughs> I've, I've tried. I kind of want to watch Rushmore because uh, the Wonder Years referenced it a few times. The, the band, not the show, obviously. Obviously not the show. <laughs> Fuck, it was canceled 10 years before the movie came out. No, it wasn't. Fucking Rushmore came out in like 99 and the Wonder Years ran until yeah, like the early 90s. I thought Wonder Years ended in like 89. Oh, fuck no. It started in 89, I think. What? Yeah, it ran for a bunch of seasons. Here, let's see. Oh, yeah, it started in 88. Um, 1988 to 1993. Well, yep. I stand corrected, sir. And now there's a new one. If that's what people want. It doesn't it doesn't really matter to me. I, I liked the Wonder Years, but oh, the Wizard was my Fred Savage moment. Well, the Wizard and Little Monsters. Yeah, fucking Little Monsters. We'll have to do that one one day, because I don't know. I, do, do I do I like it? Do I not like it? I haven't seen and it. And the Princess Bride. Well, yeah. Gotta have the Princess uh, Bride in there. I did order the Wizard. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that, yeah. I didn't, but uh, I kind of wish I did. But I only have some had so much money I could spend, you know. I just got like, sad because Sunny Chiba died, and I'm like, well i'll get the street fighter thing and then i'll get some i'll get bill and ted and then that'll put me over the 50 dollars limit and i'm like fuck ah, fuck it i'll just get i'll just get all the ones i want now <laughs> <laughs> i got quite a few of the ones i want but not nearly all of them no i mean there were there was at least 10 that i didn't get that i wanted i even got elvis i don't even fucking like elvis i just like john carpenter and kurt russell that's actually the same reason i got it i could so I, I love john carpenter yeah. and kurt russell i couldn't so give two shits about elvis presley fuck that guy he was a douche like i like elvis's music and and he's certainly a uh you know he's an interesting cultural icon it's just some redneck dude you know really but <laughs> yeah at the same time of. like he was a he's a cultural icon he's interesting like but, i i, yeah, I kurt get russell the appeal and john carpenter yeah. were the reason i got the movie yeah no shit i'm, I'm just kind of like i think i should own every john carpenter movie i don't know why i just feel like i should <laughs> my trouble is is i've got like 15 directors i'm trying to do that with i don't i already have all of kevin smith's movies so i'm good there i actually don't want all of kevin Smith's i don't movies. I i've lied. got the ones i want <laughs> i don't i don't have yoga hosers i have yoga hosers oh shit <laughs> have you watched it yeah yeah did you it's, laugh as yeah, hard it's... as i did when the nazi sausages started running around <laughs> probably <laughs> everybody says that movie's real bad and it's not funny i'm like bullshit that movie's terrible and it's fucking hilarious yeah like <laughs> i i think you're you're equating the wrong things it's not that it's good but it is funny like come on yeah oh no. hey, you're not gonna laugh at that Give i me a break. i was laughing the whole time i'm like from front to back that movie made me laugh my ass i was alone just watching it and i'm just having having a good old time because it was so stupid especially going from <laughs> going from tusk which is kind of stupid but also sort of fucking scary really to yoga hosers which yeah. is technically supposed to be a sequel to tusk like an unofficial you know he's doing like the great north trilogy or whatever yeah it's like shared universe because those those two characters are in tusk <laughs> yeah tusk is fucking dark yeah it's like kind of dumb but fucked up it's really scary i mean it's obviously absurd yeah but it's really dark at the same time and what? of course the great michael parks just absolutely kills it as a mad scientist the human centipede wishes it was that fucking good honestly Oh, I, I, I hated the human centipede. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, the human centipede has some really strong things going for it, but it didn't have Michael Parks. No. It, and and I, I and I think the guy who played the mad doctor in the human centipede was good, but he's no Michael Parks. Fuck no. But, you know, then you had to listen to those two. And it had Justin Long. But then, the, you know, what did fucking the human centipede have? Two chicks who I don't care about. OK, yeah, that's fair. The, the female leads. And human centipede could not touch Justin yeah. Long. I'm like, please sew their mouths to asses because I will. I don't want to hear that. <laughs>
And then you get there, and it's not even as gross as I was promised. I'm like, fuck. Tusk fucking goes there. It really does. Oh, I'm I, human centipede is definitely gross, but it's it's sort of Texas Chainsaw Massacre syndrome, yeah. where human centipede two goes there. I assure you, <laughs> I, I have no fucking interest in it whatsoever. I just human centipede yeah. two was so over the top that my son thought it was a comedy. Are you sure the filmmakers didn't think it was a comedy? Also, I think the filmmakers might have <laughs> thought it was a comedy too. But again, I would equate it to Texas Chainsaw Massacre syndrome again because Toby Hooper felt that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 were comedies. He said the first one was a comedy? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, to him, he thought it was hilarious. Was he high? Well, yeah, it was the 70s. He was definitely high. Uh, yeah, everybody <laughs> on that set was high. Have you read Chainsaw Confidential? No. Uh, they The house they were shooting in was literally in front of a field of illicit marijuana plants. <laughs> makes so much more sense now. Everybody on that production was high the whole time. And it shows. I totally get it. I totally get it. I love that movie. I fucking it's a it's one of my favorite movies i haven't seen it in years we should we should do it one day yes we should and then we should do part two because part two is which i have its own animal i ha- i got found you, that you have part have two it, yeah i found it at a pawn shop and i never watched it yet it's fantastic and i know it's fucking nuts compared to the first one i know that yes it basically what toby hooper did is the same thing that tom six would do 30 40 years later whatever it is which is he kind of went okay that's what you thought the texas chainsaw massacre was this movie will be everything you thought that one was okay that's fair i kind of like yeah because the texas chainsaw massacre the original one is not gory at all it's kind of scary but it's not there's no blood there's nothing yeah yeah and everybody remembers it as this heinous bloodbath and it had a reputation for that even Gunnar Hansen, when Michael Bay's secretary or whoever it was called him about doing the remake, they said, yeah, we're going to do this one, but it's not going to be like the original. You know, it's not going to be a bloodbath. And he was like, <laughs> the fuck you I'm sorry, about? did you see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> it's Michael Bay. No, he did not see the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He did not. <laughs> He didn't see it until he bought the rights, and probably not even then either. Because that movie is a bloodbath compared to yeah. the original. And that's actually that's actually one of the stronger uh, horror remakes, in my opinion. Oh, I no, was, that, that was a great remake. I love it. Yeah. I watched it multiple times, will watch it multiple times again. Yeah, I do not hate that one, actually. My favorite horror remake is The Evil Dead so far, though. Yeah, that was a strong one. That one actually kind of understood what the fuck the original did, and then it's like, all right, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's just make people s- sad. Let's make them fucking throw up before they but you know i actually i actually think there was a better a better one i think the evil dead 2 was a better remake of oh well there is that (laughs) that's the evil dead movie that i'd show my kids like if i had to pick between the first one or the second one it's the second one all the way yeah i i actually i showed all i showed all my kids the second one before i showed them the first one it's a much better movie like it is. It's just like it's just it's just better on every single level. And it's not that the Evil Dead isn't great. It is, but Evil Dead Two is just the superior film. <laughs> it's, it's more like an actual movie. Uh, e- the first Evil Dead is like a good showcase of like we can totally do something here. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's like it. It's a great independent film. It's like one of the best indie horror movies ever. But then they went on to make an actual full blown Hollywood horror movie with Evil Dead Two. But you took all that talent that was there and funded it. Yeah, it was nice it's like like they did something right for fucking once i'll tell you what i didn't show my kids yet kicking and screaming would they give a shit if you did no they absolutely (laughs) would not so let's let let's start let let's actually start now okay after all the horror movies (laughs) there this is it horror movies are you know partially relevant 
at some point but we'll we'll get to there we will get to it when we get to it all right so this movie starts on graduation night and there's cool little subtitles you can tell he watched clerks and was like or i mean you know whatever it reminds me of clerks i'm sure somebody else did it before that of course they did but it has oh yeah i mean tarantino did it in like 1990 oh did he do that thing yeah but then he pulled it from like like he pulled it from a bunch of french filmmakers you know so it's like yeah it's just a it's a cycle you just you know yeah he I think he was the first of the indie American filmmakers to to hit big. And then because he did that in Reservoir Dogs and then Kevin Smith did it in Clerks. And by the mid 90s, everybody was doing it. Did Richard Linklater do it? Was that in Slacker, too? Most likely. I mean, I haven't (laughs) seen Slacker, but I have to assume Uh, just based on its reputation. I remember watching it for like a half hour and I didn't finish it for some reason. And now I don't know if I'd be able to go back and watch it. I've never I've never even sat down to watch it. I I haven't had the opportunity. It's on Criterion. Well, I know it's on criteria but <laughs> like i'm not gonna go spend f- shell out 40 bucks on the chance that i might like it yeah don't do that it's 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 probably streaming on something anyways graduation night <laughs> let's start with the pretentious nonsense the pretentious college nonsense the second the fucking opening credits are over our main character grover walks out of this building and then the first thing you hear the first line in the movie is somebody going i think violence is always justified some of the time <laughs> And that's that's half of what my notes are is just like people saying these dumb things that think they think are fucking deep and clever. You know how that is so appropriate. Yes. Like you don't even realize because if you look at the Criterion edition, which I bought specifically for this watching, (laughs) it has all the lines on the fucking. It is literally just lines from the movie. That's what the whole artwork of the cover of the thing is is just lines from the movie, and And it's just like that. It's just like that. And a lot of some of them are out of context, and you don't really understand. Like the bathroom thing, he's like, you really ought to finish that in the bathroom. Or potato is an entree. That's on yeah. there. I remember that being on there. <laughs> yeah, they're all completely out of context, which is great because taken totally out of context, they're just these absurd non sequiturs that <laughs> that are kind of hilarious. Like every single one of them is kind of hilarious on its own. Uh, and then the next line is, I'll tell you the worst thing about losing a foot. <laughs> And I posted that on Facebook a long time ago. And then one person went, you lost a foot? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. that's where this movie really (laughs) shines is in the writing like the acting is good the acting is solid all around but it's not it never touches greatness or anything and as far as like cinematography this is this is really basic stuff but this was the mid 90s and so dialogue was king and uh and this movie has some absolute gold in the dialogue we meet grover's just kind of walking through the party where we're following him the camera's like just kind of following him as he goes he's like hi gail he's saying hi to everybody hey what's up and then he you know goes up to his girlfriend who's talking to this guy who has a goatee (laughs) and and you know she's like i would sleep with you but i find you like irritatingly attractive or some shit (laughs) it's it's a great blow off it's weird snarky stuff like that because this this was 1995 it was the era of too cool for fucking everything yeah i mean this is just a few years after reality bites had hit really big i was just thinking that i'm like you have clerks you have reality bites you have you have slacker you have all those movies and and of course reservoir dogs is kind of different but it's the same thing it's all it's the same kind of dialogue yeah it's really snappy well-written dialogue the the big difference 
difference is that I think the acting is better in Reservoir Dogs and Reality Bites than it is in this movie. Well, the yeah. acting's not bad, but yeah, like it has its moments where it's like, okay, um, maybe take a few more classes there, Josh Hamilton. Let's let's be honest. Uh, the characters in Reality Bites are a lot less likable than these people to me. Not all of them. <laughs> oh, I'm not but... trying to say they're likable. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, please. I was thinking about Reality Bites the other day and something really bugged me about it. Oh, because they were talking about the guy who played Mr. Brady and they're like, Mr. Brady died of AIDS and they say it so matter-of-factly I thought it was true. (laughs) And then I just happened to, I don't know why I looked it up, I think I might have thought about it, and I'm like, huh, did he? And then I Googled it, and no, he didn't die. He had HIV, and he was gay, by the way, which I also didn't know. But he had HIV, but he died from lung cancer, which was probably exacerbated a little bit by the HIV, true. But yeah, it was just a weird thing. Well, I guess once once everybody knows that you're HIV positive, then back in the 80s anyway, whatever you died from, you died of AIDS. Yeah, that's probably true. It was the early 90s that he died, though. Same difference. But still, yeah, no, it's really, yeah. So Grover walks up to Jane. Jane is played by oh my god i cannot i can never pronounce do you know how to pronounce her name no fucking idea i just olivia dabo dabo and she's been part of my child she's been part of my life since i was a little kid what in having not even seen this movie before she was in fucking conan the destroyer dude oh fuck that's right she was wasn't she so i i knew i'd seen her somewhere before i'm pretty sure i've been into her since i was very young Yeah, she was super hot in that, too. She's voicing characters in Star Wars movies and shit now. It's weird. Yeah, she's doing all right. And she's super cute in this movie. Her and that fucking she retainer. They, it kind of drives me nuts a little bit. But her that that, reta- that retainer that she has is kind of like a character. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, her, her lips draw so much attention to it. Yeah, and... <laughs> It's, it's it's kind of fucking cute. He walks up to Jane and she's like, here's my drunk boyfriend. And then, you know, they high five or whatever. He goes, I would I almost wore my goatee tonight. Wouldn't that have been embarrassing? <laughs> then she makes some crack about goatee season or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, it's goatee season. It's all those film majors. Like I said, there's some gold in this dialogue. That's all. It's all pretty funny. Then that's kind of intercut. We meet Max and Otis. Otis is a dude who's in things. Like, you've, you've seen him in stuff. It's Carlos Jacques cot jacket i don't know how to pronounce this he's been on seinfeld and shit you see the pajama top one yeah that's otis okay all right yeah i'm terrible with names so movies like this are like my achilles heel because everybody is kind of like they're not interchangeable i'm gonna i'm not gonna say they're interchangeable they do all have their own personalities but they're very very close you know (laughs) just like uh miami says at one point you know you all look like each other you all talk like each other you're all in love with each other yeah that that's that's brought up a couple times Kate says the same thing. She's like, you know, you guys all talk the same. I'm like, they do. Like, they, like they all have their own individual quirks if you watch them over the course of the movie, but they're all of a type. Yes. Uh, and then you have Chris Eegman, who plays Max, and he's been all over the place. He's in Gilmore Girls. He's in that movie Metropolitan, which also has uh, Eric Stoltz in it, I believe. Yeah, you've definitely seen him and definitely wanted to punch his stupid face. <laughs> He's just got one of those faces. Like, I'm sure he's a fine person and he's certainly not a bad actor, but he's just got one of those faces that every time I see it, I just want to see a fist. Mm. I like his character so much, though. He I laugh at him more than anybody else because he's such an asshole. It's so funny. He is such an asshole, but he's the exact kind of asshole that I was at his. Oh, yeah. No. And that's okay. So let's I hate it. Let's talk about that right now. We'll we'll do that real quick and then we'll get back into it because I appreciate this movie so 
much more now watching it than I did when I watched it when I was in my early 20s because I'm like, holy shit, like, I'm still kind of these guys. I've never not been these pretentious assholes who think they're fucking funny and, like, smarter than other people around them. Oh, yeah. But I can can appreciate it better now actually being smarter than some people around me. And being smarter than I was back then. Well, we'd like to think that, wouldn't we? Hey, I'm smarter than a few people. Um, I'm, I'm definitely smart. The people that I work with, I'm definitely smarter than some of them. <laughs> that may be true. I don't know. I haven't met the people you work with. My immediate but. supervisor told me there. He he didn't say it, but with all that stuff about me getting written up and stuff, the the guy who who complained about me happened to be black. And my supervisor pulled me aside and he goes, "Yeah, hey, there's a war going on in this country, and it's not looking too good for people like you." me oh my god like what the what fuck? a douche i'm like no dude that guy was just a pussy it had nothing to do with him being black he was just a bitch who couldn't fucking handle me giving him shit it's fine <laughs> wow oh my god I, you know i don't appreciate my co-workers enough yeah it's a, there's a lot of that i've been dealing with it for four years now but uh so see see what i mean i'm totally smarter than some of these people right <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know what? Point proven. So there's a lot of that going on, and but like looking at these people, I'm like, yeah, no, I totally, I totally get where they're coming from. But I'm glad I'm not quite as pretentious as they are now. I'm older, so I can better formulate as I as I can't formulate a goddamn thing that I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's like what Ethan Hawke says in Before Sun uh, Before Sunset. He says, you know, sure, my problems are deeper, but I'm old enough to like I'm more equipped to handle them in my 30s. I'll take your word for it. I haven't seen any of the before trilogy they're exactly like this only romantic instead those are richard linkletter right yeah yeah so so same genre and all three of those movies are exactly the same but like at different stages and it's so good it's really good to hear those conversations and i fucking love ethan hawk i don't know why yeah i love ethan hawk too i actually one of the movies i picked up in the the shout select was uh in the shout select sale was snow falling on cedars have you seen that one no he's in it now i well now i kind of want to see it because you don't know why you like him but you do for some yeah, there's just something about him. Yeah. I, I I don't know. He seems like one of the I mean, I've watched him grow up, you know, like I watched him when he was a kid. I watched him when he was a teen. I watched him when he was an adult and he's just never disappointed me as an actor. Yeah, I don't know what the first thing I ever saw him in was like. I remember seeing Explorers and I probably saw Before Sunrise at about the same time. First thing I saw was most likely Explorers. I don't know what he did before that. I know he did do something before that, but I I don't know what. Oh, and I saw and I saw Reality Bites, obviously. Well, obviously, everybody saw Reality Bites in the nineties. I didn't see it. Was it. Sort of required viewing. I didn't see it in the nineties. I saw it in the in the mid two thousands. Oh well, I mean, I get the two thousands were your nineties. I was learning about all this shit at the time. <laughs> That's why you'll hear all this, all these movies that I watch that we do, like that have this kind of indie feel, like Five Hundred Days of Summer, like Five Forgetting Sarah Marshall doesn't really have the indie feel, but it's kind of the same idea with people just no. like having existential crises about some big life event that you have when you're kind of younger. Yeah, but that's like that's like a Judd Apatow movie about an existential crisis. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> Like, that's just a whole different type it of is, movie. It is. It is. But all these kinds of movies, like, they, they came into my life at about the same time. I was dealing with a breakup, trying to figure out my fucking what the hell I was doing and all that. So all these all these movies just came into my life at the same time because I was looking so hard for them. I'll tell you what, that whole wave of Apatow movies, and they weren't all necessarily Apatow movies, but, you know, that type of movie. Even uh, even Zack and Mary make a porno. Like you said, it was basically Kevin Smith's oh, yeah. attempt to make an Apatow movie. That whole genre of movies 
Bees. Those are like like fruity, bubbly drinks that are just <laughs> made to appeal to anyone. You know, like yep. they're made to appeal to the widest possible audience. Stuff like this is like a, a really fine age scotch. It's not going to appeal to everybody. Some people are just going to fucking hate it. But if you're the type of person that it appeals to, nothing comes close. That's true. But I still like fucking forgetting Sarah Marshall. All right. I'm it- not saying you can't <laughs> enjoy that other stuff, too. I'm just saying it's not going to it's not going to be the same tier of experience. No, I just I just they all they all came into my life at the same time. So I kind of think about think of them together, sort of. Yeah, I get that. And it was all for the same reason, because I was looking for dumb shit like that because I'm like, oh, I'm fucking sad. Looking back, though, why was I sad? I'm like she fucking sucked. And <laughs> <laughs> there's no two ways about it. She was awful. And I don't have any ill will toward her necessarily. It was me. I stayed right i was there it wasn't her yeah. going like no you can't leave it was me going like no i shouldn't leave <laughs> yeah so wherever you are you dumb bitch i forgive you i guess well hey who knew we were gonna reach emotional catharsis <laughs> on this episode of sharks across hollywood i have a lot of time to just kind of like space out and think it works so this shit comes up often yeah it's probably not a yeah. good thing <laughs> you know what that's actually the reason that movies like this as much as i can't as much as i can and do enjoy them uh and i do like watching this was very enjoyable it's also kind of painful because i spend so much time thinking and regretting <laughs> stupid shit that i've done in my life and a movie like this it just like is like hey remember when you did that hey remember when you did that thing that this character is doing hey remember when you did that other thing this character is doing hey remember you were when you were that guy for your entire 20s well the whole thing of this movie gets summed up a few times towards the end when grover no the other one oh a skippy good lord i was gonna call him wiley and i don't know why I was, okay i was thinking airborne i guess <laughs> But when Skippy, when they're all at the bar and Skippy's like, all of this is just conversational blue balls. Like, (laughs) that sums up the entire movie because that's kind of the point. True. Him having that conversation that that whole monologue he has well i guess it's not strictly a monologue but his whole rant there at the end is like the only time in the movie i don't know if you noticed this but i certainly noticed it it's the only time in the movie when one of the males has any clarity on themselves (laughs) yeah like the whole rest of the movie the females all see through what's going on except for the high schooler yeah she's kind of dumb but god damn it she's cute yeah like (laughs) jane in is it miami or miami miami Miami, it's that fucking weirdo who keeps on calling her Miami because okay. he's Euro yeah, trash, remember? Right. Okay. So yeah, both of them like just see right through the haze of bullshit from the word go. They don't need any persuasion or any moment of revelation when they finally go, oh, you guys are complete idiots. Nope. They see it. <laughs> right from the start but all the guys are just so far up their own ass that they can't do anything but smell their own shit no and that that's so the point too and i'm like fuck i was them and i'm luckily not quite them anymore there's still some level of that but as as we as we continue to go through all this stuff you'll everybody listening will see exactly what the fuck we're talking about i guess the closest any of the rest of them comes is chet who is like who's already there because he's been in he's sort of like years but his his he because he doesn't have an arc chet is just chet the whole movie <laughs> yeah. he's already had his arc you know yep. 10 years ago or whatever but the point he's at it's not that he's not full of shit because he's 100 full of shit but he's come to the point where he's like yeah being full of shit is just what's for me i didn't think of it that way but yeah kind of <laughs> Like he actually, whereas all the rest of them think they're like enlightened. Yeah, and he, 
<laughs> Fair enough. We'll get to Chet because I love Chet. Chet Chet's <laughs> awesome. I fucking Eric Stoltz is great. I can't you can't say no to Eric Stoltz. He is fantastic, and especially in this movie. Yeah, he wasn't even supposed to be in this movie. Uh, Noah Baumbach cast him and rewrote the script to include him in it. That blows my mind. Like, cause he he feels so perfect in this, doesn't he? Like he's he's part of the group, even though he's not really part of the group. Like, yeah, yeah. No, he feels like honestly, he feels like almost a central character that the rest of this story is revolving around you know he's clearly not the main character but he's like an anchor character because like i said he doesn't have an arc he's just himself the whole movie so he's like this anchor that these guys keep getting you know kind of help stabilize them a little bit he's the magical ginger (laughs) there you go He's the magical ginger. <laughs> Especially at the end when he has that conversation with Grover, which we'll get to. Let's cruise through this <laughs> shit. So Max and Otis are sitting there and Matt Otis looks at Max and goes, hey, uh, do you ever black out? Do you ever drink so much you black out sometimes? He's like, no, I never do that. He's like, does that mean I have a problem? He's like, yes. Max Max says, yes, you have a problem. Get help. <laughs> And he's constantly doing that to him throughout the whole movie. And he's like, is that a pajama top? And Otis goes, no. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then later, is that eyeliner? No. No. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then we, so again, we're intercutting. So Jane, we learn that Jane is going to Prague. She won, she won the fiction prize. She's, I don't, that, that doesn't really have to do with going to Prague, but she got into a college in Prague and she's like, I'm going there and I'm postponing months of emotional paralysis. And he's like, that's not. That's, you know, we need to, we need to, you're, you're postponing that getting started year. And she says, she's postponing months of emotional paralysis. And I wrote down, that's the whole movie. (laughs) Is months of emotional paralysis. Yep. And then... We cut to Eric Stoltz, who is Chet. His name is Chet, and he meets a girl named Jocelyn, who, by the way, is Eric Roberts' wife. She is Eliza Roberts, and that's fucking awesome. But they talk for a second, and she's like, oh, this play, this thing is just like a bunch of scared kids, isn't it? He's like, oh, yeah, I know. She's like, what, what was your major? And he's like, philosophy German. And she's like, I don't get it. Wait, are you still a student here? He's like, yeah, I'd graduate if I could just finish my, what is it called? His dissertation. His dissertation. This third tome is challenging because the first two books came so effortlessly. Effortlessly. <laughs> he's been in college for 10 fucking years and he's like this party's not as good as this party because there was a horse at that one and you know a few years ago i just didn't feel like a party huh and then he just gets this this distant look in his eyes and he does this like several times in the movie he just gets this distant look and goes but huh and then he just cuts away from because <laughs> he's, he's all the a, while she is just walking she's, she's just edging her way away yeah he doesn't give a shit he is so fucking comfortable as himself there's a whole movie that we missed with him coming to terms with how weird he is oh yeah for sure oh <laughs> fuck it, w- it was probably a sitcom honestly oh oh i'm you know what i'm in make it don't make it don't do it no. don't do it now uh, no you don't want to make that because eric stoltz couldn't play it he's too old now <laughs> yeah if you'd made it back in like 1987 i think no noah bombach was in film school at the time Oh, I'm sure he was, but you know. This seems like a, I just graduated film school, I'm going to make a movie movie. Very much so, Even yes. though it had like a million dollar budget, but that's probably because Eric Stoltz was there. Yeah, if he was trying to sell, if he was trying to get a million dollars for this movie and you didn't have a name like Eric Stoltz you could throw <laughs> on there, nah. fucking forget it. Oh, and uh, Parker Posey was kind of a big deal at that point too. Yeah, I don't remember when she hit. What was her big, what was her big breakout role? You know what it was? She did First Love, Fatal Love, As the World Turns, 
one episode she was in a movie called Joey Breaker but so you know what her break was huh. it's obvious dazed and confused and then she was in Coneheads story checks out and then she just kind of started being the character actor that we know and love and just did not fucking stop fuck dazed and confused was her fourth her fourth anything yeah damn and she was yep and she's fucking Parker Posey so she wasn't quite the huge deal but she was important in the sense that she'd done like 20 things prior to this because she just <laughs> she just started acting and just didn't stop yeah man she's a machine she has one two three four five six seven eight credits for 1993 alone yeah yeah she's she's been, i don't think she's ever stopped really like she just keeps doing that kind of stuff well now she does mostly um she had a she had a period there where she did a lot of those chris guest improv movies oh yeah yeah there was there was some of that huh she did at least three of them if i remember she did best in show she did waiting for guffman and she did a mighty win and I don't know there there was at least one or two more after that and I'm sure she was part of it because he just has the same cast for all those movies that makes it easier that way don't have to get to know anybody and she's I mean well and she's clearly really good in them like she's hilarious oh that's right she was in that show search party too search party if you haven't watched it is a really good fucking mo- a good show it's on it's on st- it's streaming on hbo max which you don't have but some people do and i i recommend it it was a weird fun show i haven't even heard of it i know it was just one of those i was just scrolling through and I'm like what's search party and then a bunch of people said like this is going to be a cult hit several years from now and watching it i'm like no I, I get it there's no way i'm sure people watch it now but it has that twin peaks thing where People are like, huh. And then a few years later, they're going to be like, oh, no, that was really good. It's weird. It's dark. It's kind of fucked up, but it's really good. You know what else is I'll good, though? I'll have to check it out if I get a chance. Kicking, Kicking and, screaming and Screaming is a really good movie. So let's get back to Max and Otis for like two seconds because uh, Otis, okay, is, let's. Otis is antsy and Max is like, you have two two emotions, antsy and testy. And he's like, well, right now I'm antsy. I'm a little guy. I'm just a little guy. And Otis is really big. So Max is like, you're enormous. What the hell are you talking about? He's like, I'm little on the inside. And then Skippy and Miami show up. Skippy and Miami are dating and they sit down and Skippy goes, what am I going to do now? I think the first thing I'm going to do is read all the great short novels. And then he, <laughs> then he looks at Miami and goes, do you want to get married? And she's like, yes, yes, I do. And then we get the trivia game and it's this game that they play. It's a trivia game. They just like ask a question and then they have to ding in. They have to go ding and then you answer the question. And I've always loved this part specifically because he says, name me so, so, so many movies where monkeys play a key role. And then Otis immediately goes ding and just starts going. He's like, monkey trouble this and this and this monkeys monkeys ted and alice so i always tell pe- i always say that to people when they monkeys talk. monkeys ted and alice yeah not a real movie by the way <laughs> no because he just starts saying monkey he just starts jamming monkey into other movie names <laughs> monkey trouble is real but no mon- yeah he does like <laughs> he does like five movies or something like that and he's like king kong and you know mighty joe young and, and then he starts floundering king kong the other king kong uh <laughs> monkeys right. monkeys ted and alice <laughs> uh carnal monkeys (laughs) and yeah and then then max is like off in his little world and he's like just kind of talking to himself he's like you know yesterday i was max whatever english major which by the way he's a fucking philosophy major because he says he's an english major now but then several times in the movie later he says he's a philosophy major and everybody else says he's a philosophy major so that was just a fuck up maybe he start maybe his first year he was an english major and then he switched to philosophy maybe that's what he was saying maybe but he's graduated so he's not a major in fucking anything we cut back to jane after the trivia game it's it we'll, we'll get back to the trivia game and it's really uh well the twitter the trivia oh. game will come around again. Well, you know what? 
actually, let's talk about uh, the trivia game real quick because there's a moment where we immediately see tension between Miami and Skippy when he says, somebody asks, so what, what's the worst, uh, the worst scenarios after you graduate? And she says, forget everything you learned. And then he gives her shit because she didn't ding in. He's like, now this really, this clearly isn't for juniors. And then Max and Otis look at him like he's going to, she's going to fucking stab him. <laughs> That was a bad idea on Skippy's part. As only a person outside of the relationship can look at the person who's <laughs> inside the relationship talking mad shit. Yeah. And he does that throughout the entire movie, too. That that relationship is not good. No, that relationship is definitely a temporary thing. <laughs> they may have stuck together for a long time. It may have been several years, but it's not going the distance. Do not fool yourselves, guys. <laughs> no, not even close. We cut back to Jane and Grover and Jane quit smoking, but it's suggested that Jane got Grover to start smoking and he's kind of pissed that she quit and he's like you know first you're only smoking after meals and then once or twice a day and now all of a sudden you're quitting and, <laughs> and then he's like I'm up to two packs a day yes you should still be smoking <laughs> she's like well you're you're a foul weather friend that's the first time I ever heard that s- saying I think you're a foul weather friend you're not interested in me unless I'm suffering like you and she's like it's very childish <laughs> and he's like but if I was a child you'd find that endearing Jane is going to Prague oh I forgot the, I forgot the part where he says because I also like this line where he <laughs> she's like I'm going to Prague and you, you should move there with me and he's like no I why and he's constantly avoiding conflict he does that throughout the entire movie it's kind of fucking ridiculous and I just noticed it this time around I didn't notice it but now I'm gonna have to keep an eye out well for yeah it. because they're they're talking about the smoking thing and then and then she brings up Prague and moving moving to Prague and him moving there and he's like what's in Prague for me and she's like well places Kafka lived and me <laughs> and she's like you've never even been to Prague and he's like oh I've been to Prague <laughs> He's like, well, I haven't been to Prague, been to Prague, but I know that thing. I know that stop shaving your armpits and read the unbearable lightness of being. <laughs> and now I understand how bad American coffee is thing. I've been to Prague. I love that line because it's so fucking stupid and he's just arguing to argue. No, but you know why that line is especially good to me? Because I've literally been to Prague and he's 100% right. I was 18 <laughs> and it was just like that. Like, And I was only there for one day and it was just like that. Uh, so their conversation is kind of over. Grover goes back and sits with his friends. Now, Before, right before he shows up though, Max just asks, do you guys wish there was just another position in sex? Just like something else to do? <laughs> and then when grover sits down they ask him the trivia question what's the worst scenario after you graduate he says ding jane dumps me to move to Prague, and i spend the rest of my life with you idiots <laughs> and now the movie's actually begun yes. which is a perfect trailer moment also it's i actually just watched the trailer me too before we started <laughs> this and sure enough there it is like seven seconds into the trailer yeah uh, it's, it's a perfect it's a perfect trailer line like he, i don't think he did that on purpose but that is definitely a thing no but it's a perfect story yeah. opener line too you know it, it it's like it's like the last line of the thesis statement in a in an essay you know we cut to three months later and they're at the airport max and uh grover and otis they're dropping otis off and he's gonna go to his graduate school in milwaukee or so he claims yeah so we he's like this is useless we just have to walk away like mothers in nursery school so they leave otis <laughs> and they go on their way and then max says something really funny he says what i used to be able to pass off as a bad summer could now potentially become a bad life <laughs> Boy, I remember that feeling. 
I fucking know that feeling so hard. It sucks. There's intercutting all over the place. There's so much shit going on, even though this movie is literally just people talking. Well, actually, I think that's the reason it's so hard to talk about, because it's literally just people talking and the dialogue is everything. And so if you've only seen it twice, like me, you don't really remember most of the dialogue. Like there's a few one liners here and there that I could recall if you asked me, hey, give me some lines from the movie. (laughs) But like you've seen it enough that you can actually walk us through it. I couldn't do that. All I can do is just kind of sit back and follow what's going on when I watch it. Yeah. Half the lines gonna, I've been spitting out at you. I didn't write down. Because, yeah. It's going to yeah. take a lot more viewings before I'm going to be able to go through it like you can. Oh, that's kind of crazy. You've only seen it a couple times. Yeah. This was literally my second viewing. Oh, nice. Before this podcast. Fuck. I watched it twice, two days ago and yesterday. I've been very Again. busy lately, so I haven't had a lot of time to watch movies. Aren't you just fucking fancy anyways well <laughs> i'm not saying that i'm saying that like with a tear in my voice believe me <laughs> okay well we get it, it's bumming me out how few movies i'm watching lately i need to watch more but i'll get there we'll we'll both get there uh so we cut to miami and skippy and they're dropping her off at school kind of moving her in because she's going to be a senior this year i guess and skippy's graduated and all that shit but he's helping her move in and he's being condescending again because that's his fucking job he grabs her fan Apparently. and goes the fan every freshman puts this in their window for about three days and then they fucking throw it in the closet for the rest of the semester and she's like i use my fan all the time and then this weird fucking dude called is not frederick i can't remember what the fuck his name is he's the euro trash guy and he comes up friedrich oh is it friedrich yes yes you're right you're right it is friedrich uh and he does something real weird he like he says hi to miami but he also sets his helmet inside of her truck inside the car did you notice that i always thought that was yeah that was strange and then you know he says some dumb annoying stuff and then fucking leaves and then this is where we meet the two guys who are asking people rather well, they're asking each other you know would you rather fuck a cow or lose your mother do you would rather fuck a goat or a chicken wild or farm raised i don't know just answer the question that by the way is noah bombach the dark oh the, okay lo- the one with the longer hair the one who just the old or yeah the the one on the left yes they ask skippy hey would you rather fuck a cow or lose your mother and he's like neither thanks because he's a fucking wet blanket and it's not he's not very fun to be around <laughs> Uh, and then he's like, fine, a cow. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And he says, neither. Thanks. He says, well, he doesn't like to fuck. <laughs> then, then he says, fine, a cow. And then he's like, that's his thing. And, sh- and then Miami calls him a cow fucker because she's in on the joke and it's fun. For the sake of the listener, it should be pointed out that as these guys are asking those questions, well, as Noah Baumbach's character, Danny, is asking the other character, who I assume <laughs> is probably his brother because it looks like his brother has a role in the movie. So oh, I'm then, assuming yeah, maybe. that's who it is. <laughs> They're sitting next to each other and he says that line you know would you rather lose your mother or fuck a cow and the other guy's like fuck a cow and he and he's saying cow fucker <laughs> and then he's like would you rather fuck a sheep or fuck a chicken it's like fuck a chicken chicken fucker like that's <laughs> the whole back and forth yep until skippy walks up and it's very funny it makes me very happy well, like you said though sort of the cherry on top of the whole interaction is when miami <laughs> steps in and goes cow fucker uh, he's such a bitch and he, need, he needs to be knocked down a peg or two he calls max the wet blanket later on but he really is not not because like he's you know he's just kind of he's such a dick to his girlfriend it's annoying all these guys are wet blankets like they're all just these self-important little shits who like i said you know their heads so far up their own ass they can only smell their own shit 
they kind of remind me of a couple people. I can't imagine who. So we cut back to the house that um, Max and Grover live in together. And I imagine Skippy might live there. and Otis might live there. They don't really live there, but they're there all the time. So they might as well live there. Yeah, everybody seems to congregate at this house. I'm guessing it's like one of two locations that they like they had the bar and then they had this house that they could use for a long period of time. And then all the rest of the shit is just like one shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have the college campus that they're at a few times, but and then they get back from grocery shopping. Max seems like a good guy. He he pats some kid on the head. He's like, "Hey, whatever your fucking name is." And then they bring the groceries inside, and he's singing this song. And it's he's like, "I've got this horrible song stuck in my head. Fucking hum something so I can get rid of it." And Grover hums something. He goes, "I don't know that. Hum something else." <laughs> And then he just starts singing beautiful soy, beautiful beer, and... (laughs) As he's pulling them out of the shopping bag. Yes. And Grover's dad and him, this is not not hard necessarily, but I'm like, fuck, this is what it's like talking to my dad. By the way, Grover's dad is the other big star of the movie. Yeah, he's actually been in shit. What is he in? I know he's been in stuff, but I don't know. Elliot Gould, he's an Academy Award winning actor, I'm pretty sure. Like, he he was hot shit back in the 70s man oh well like he was he was like one of saturday night live's high profile guests now he's playing josh hamilton's dad he played hawkeye (laughs) in mash oh okay yeah that would do it the movie not the tv show he was a big star in the 70s there's even that line in community when they're in i think season five and they're going down into the the basement that is old greendale to look for the computer (laughs) professor and they're like how long has this place been locked up and abed goes since the 70s Look, there's a poster. It says, who's hotter, Donald Sutherland or Elliot Gould? <laughs> okay, I get the joke now. I, I only knew who one of those guys was. Well, now you know who the other is. Uh, but yeah, so him talking to his dad about such, like, he, uh, he doesn't talk to his dad yet, but his dad leaves a message going like, hey, this is a thing. The Knicks are in trouble. Call there to discuss. I'm like... <laughs> That's about as deep as the conversations ever get. Like the dad tries later on, but it's never anything like substantial. Like he's trying yeah. to he's trying to bro bond with his son kind of for a second. <laughs> Which is just fucking weird and awkward when he starts talking about having sex. Yeah, I'm like, no thanks, dad. <laughs> like seriously, one of the best lines in the movie, and it's in the trailer, you know, obviously because it's one of the best lines in the movie is when Grover's like, dad, I'm not ready to see you as a human being yet. <laughs> like that's that stuff doesn't bother me necessarily but it's just funny like you know don't go that in depth i mean i guess i guess your son's older so you think he could probably handle it but no i kind of yeah i don't know i'm on the fence on how i feel about that one i'm more bothered by how closely that his conversations about like such non-important shit like basketball remind me of me talking to my dad about shit because we can't find a way to have an actual connection about anything yeah sports are one of those things i've never been able to talk about with my dad to the point where i have not attempted it <laughs> well in my adult life it's ever. not literally sports it's just like everything it's like hey you brushing your teeth i'm like yes dad i'm 34 can you not yeah see like <laughs> i have a relationship with my dad that i we're very we can relate very easily to each other just not on sports as soon as sports or video games comes into the conversation video games for me is sports for him you know oh shit yeah my and dad doesn't like us, sports either so there's no crossover there <laughs> so. but my dad is a very staunch republican but 
but I don't think he actually knows why. He is just because he is. Mine's exactly the opposite. My dad's a very staunch Republican, but he knows exactly <laughs> why. My dad is just one of those people, like that supervisor at work who thinks there's a fucking race war going on. I he mean, just regurgitates what he hears on Fox News. Yeah, you see, it's just the opposite with my dad. I mean, the truth is, I say staunch Republican. What I should say is committed Republican, but he doesn't <laughs> actually believe in 99.9% of what Republicanism is for. He actually is, he actually, like, if you break it down to what he actually believes, he's a total liberal. But Republicans are the only ones who have that pro-life thing. Oh, and that's his thats his one thing? That's his one thing that he can't get past. He'll save the babies, but fuck them once they're born? Oh, God. Like, it's it, its so awful. Like, he, he totally doesn't believe in anything else that the Republican Party is for. But they, they're the only party that has anyone who will carry that pro-life flag. So that's the end of it. No, like, he totally... He's totally pro-welfare. He's totally pro-child care, financial assistance, health care, all that stuff. But because there's no such thing as a pro-life liberal, he can't go there. Well, he needs to put that shit to bed and fucking come to our side. The crazy thing is he's even kind of pro-choice, but like he 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 just like doesn't believe that there's enough enough information out there. He believes a lot of people, and I don't know that it's necessarily true, but he believes it's true that a lot of people are misinformed and aren't given the whole story as to what abortion entails and the psychological effects it can have. Like him? He actually is fairly knowledgeable on the subject, although I will say he does come at it from a, a, a man's having already made up his mind perspective. Yeah, you know? okay. And he's a dude, so like, what the fuck does he have to, why does he give a shit? Yeah, I mean, his heart's in the right place because he's seen, <laughs> he, he he knows some people who were victimized by some unscrupulous medical professionals. Yeah, and it, that's why it's called pro choice it's not for everybody it's a choice yeah yeah you know so that that's that's the hardest thing is his heart is in the right place like it's coming from a place of wanting people to be cared for you know but he's at the same time he's voting for the party that absolutely does not give a shit about caring for anybody oh fuck no they're just like don't kill the babies but how do you help if they're born uh go fuck yourself yeah pretty much pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah um, he totally doesn't believe in that oh it's so fucking frustrating to have a conversation conversation with him about it. I can I, I understand. I avoid all that kind of shit with my dad. Let's get back into it and let let's be funny now because that was kind of depressing. So Max and uh Max and Grover are talking. He's like Grover says, "I just spent my last 20 on groceries." <laughs> and he's like, "We're no longer equal. We we graduated. I I'm poor, you're rich. We are no longer equal." And Max is like, "My parents are rich." I'm like, "But that by extension, you're kind of rich also." <laughs> oh, and then he's like, "I wish we I wish we were I I wish we were just retiring after a lifetime of hard labor." No, wait. You know what? Oh, no, wait. That's what it was at first he says i wish we were just going off to war oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> then he's like oh no no you know what i wish i was retiring after a lifetime of hard labor <laughs> I'm like, me too. I fucking get it. And then they're standing there oh, man. for like a second. And then there's a knock on the door. And this is one, this is my favorite part of the whole fucking movie. I love this part so much. They both, <laughs> Max drops to the floor. And he says, get down, get down. And then <laughs> Grover gets down. He's like, what the fuck are we doing down here? And he's like, I saw the cookie man earlier in the neighborhood. What's the cookie man? He's this guy running around selling cookies. And he is so hard to say no to. <laughs> And then, and then fucking Otis walks in and he drops down on the ground in the middle of the fucking doorway and goes, cookie man. And the cookie man, that thinks is, it'll that come is back. a great moment. It is. It's so good. Oh, and then the broken glass thing. Broken. Do you remember? Oh. <laughs> There's broken glass in the kitchen. Max, and Max, Max sweeps <laughs> all the broken glass into a pile and then puts a sign over it that says broken glass. 
Yeah. Um, that is... <laughs> there's so many good moments that in was, this movie. I'll tell you what, that one hurt a little. Like, that one stung just a little bit because if you had been over to my house in the last year and a half, <laughs> it's not that bad, but that's an exaggerated form of what I've got going on over here. It's pretty embarrassing. Like oh, that's pretty funny. Like it's, it's, it's 90% of the reason I don't actually try to date anybody is because eventually we're going to have to come back here. <laughs> Just fuck at her house. Who cares? You have an excuse you're renovating or some shit. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. At the moment I have an excuse. <laughs> Just on those other days where you have a bunch of piles of broken glass around with, with paper tape to them saying broken glass. Well, like I said, it's been going on for the last year and a half and i've only decided that i'm gonna sell this house like in the last month max is sitting there doing the he does the crossword puzzle and otis comes out of the bathroom and this is one of the lines that's on the case he says you really ought to finish that in the bathroom what he is referring to is otis walking out of the bathroom buttoning up his pants and shit (laughs) he's like that's a bad habit (laughs) and otis keeps on packing the remote for some reason the tv remote and in walks skippy and goes and then they we have a little conversation about the freshman biddies which is super creepy because these girls are 17 18 years old (laughs) yeah and these guys are all 22 yeah it's it's a tad creepy yeah it's Uh, not as creepy as like a guy my age going after an 18 19 year old yeah not not as i mean which i which i cop to even though i've totally done it like i've i've gone after an 18 or 19 year old and i am totally a creep for having done it but yeah like it's also creepy when it's 20 somethings i don't even want to talk to them kids are the fucking worst teenagers are the fucking worst no i'm totally past it but i had a period you got it yeah don't do that it was a brief post breakup like i was going through some shit you know I, I was working through some stuff on a on an emotional level and on a child you know. no <laughs> mostly because i was never successful yeah. thank god honestly yeah, like that, yeah that's one that's one of the things where i'm like whoo i am glad i did not seal that deal ever <laughs> this is where i this is where i learned about this guy named keats who died at 24 he was a poet i guess oh yeah i had no idea he died that young until oh. until i saw this movie because they're all 22 and they're like oh we're 22 we're young we have time and otis is like great poet keats keats was dead by 24 and some tennis player whose name i can't remember Ooh, when she started playing she was tiny otis is getting creepy now he's like i'd like to (laughs) yeah i'd like to go 15 love with her if you know what i mean ace her deuce and then skippy comes in and goes i'd like to fuck her on the tennis court if you get my meaning (laughs) skippy with his total lack of subtlety i can't tell if he's doing it intentionally i think he's just i honestly can't i think the actor's doing it intentionally no i know the actor's (laughs) doing it i mean like the character i can't tell if the character is doing that intentionally or not max asks otis are you wearing mascara and that's when he goes no yes <laughs> it's cocktail hour but right before they walk out the door otis is watching tv and he goes they're like come on let's go and otis is like hang on he says hang on i i want to see if they get the get the stain out he's like otis it's a detergent that's commercial right. they're gonna get the stain out he's like yeah but that's bicycle grease <laughs> And they watch with such, I I don't know, they're all just kind of stared at the TV, like, for a second, and then it's like, okay, cool, and then they just leave. (laughs) It's a detergent commercial. They're going to get the stain out. Oh, let's talk about the flashbacks. We get we get a couple flashbacks that right after Grover talks to his dad about sports or whatever, we get the first flashback and it's it cuts back to a classroom where Grover is reading a story that he's written and everyone has their comments on it. This is fucking scary as shit to me. Like he's just sitting there reading a story that he wrote to a group of people. It's it's a good thing because it helps you get past that being scared of it. Yeah, it is a horrifying concept though. It is. It is. It's it is ball sweating 
scary. Yeah, and so everybody comments on it, and there's some some of the dumbest fucking comments. What is this guy? He's like, oh, this this the scene with the potato, the carrot peeler has like a hundred years of solitude bent to it. He's peeling carrots. It's probably not that special. Uh, <laughs> and this one girl goes, he's like Holden Caulfield meets Humbert Humbert. So I'm like, he's a psycho playing fucking baseball by himself <laughs> and a fucking guy trying to fuck a child. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I get the literary references. I totally get it. We're going to talk about a super huge one here in a minute also. But then this is where Grover and Jane, they don't meet here, but I think oh, they might have met here. He doesn't know her name. And she's like, well, you know, I think you should, you know, stop talking about your characters always seem to talk about the most mundane things, like the least important things. And he's like, that's, you know, it's a particularly hot issue of, of Victoria's Secret. They're trying to, in the characters in the story, are trying to figure out who the hottest model in the Victoria's Secret catalog is that month. And then she, you know, he's like, I, I must have rubbed Miss. Hayworth is her name the wrong way if she's reacted so strongly and shit and that's how they that's how they meet that is a Gen X meet cute if ever there was one just like one character criticizing the other character <laughs> incisively like not even not even just a shitty little aside but like cutting right to something that is totally going to get under his skin <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's she's very good at it. God, she's cute though. Fuck, that, I, is, so, that is so fucking Gen X. It's I, crazy. I would have taken that criticism well because I'm like, oh, you're pretty. It's fine. Even that dorky dude says that to that girl who said he was like Humbert Humbert. He's like, you're you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Such a fucking weirdo. And then we cut to the bar. Oh, by the way, the the transitions into the flashbacks are really subtle and good because it like th- this soft music starts playing under the scene and then it kind of slowly fades into this black and white still frame. You know, I was actually going to say that I feel exactly the opposite. No, you don't like that. I was gonna, no. but then I was gonna say the the transition from the flashback into the present day is jarring as fuck because it's really crazy. Just, just yeah, happens. I, I don't care for that device he used where you know he does like this slow fade into a black and white still frame of Jane and then he does like three frames three still frames slowly fading past one another slowly moving from black and white into color as a device I don't like it it just feels super dated and this movie's already really dated but that is like that's a dating mechanism I do not care for this movie is very 90s I like it but yeah no I can see why I I don't know that's just the kind of thing that I feel like a much hackier director (laughs) would do well this was his first time yeah no I get it like nobody's first work is exactly what you want to and I'm sure in later years he was like oh yeah you know I, I could have done this or I could have done that you know they're better ideas but you know it's like it's okay it's not like it ruins the movie or anything honestly it's pretty much aside from the fact that you know the characters remind me so much of myself <laughs> in ways that I hate like it's it's pretty much the only thing I don't like about the movie oh like well, even even the self-hatred is kind of like one of the pleasures of the movie in a way yeah it's not that bad no I, I get it though I like it but that's just yeah because it's part of the whole thing to me let's cut to the bar uh really quick there's a dartboard right in front of the entrance door that's probably pretty dangerous they should probably not do that but that's whatever skippy wants to name their group and he's like oh something like the cougars because we're just a bunch of guys hanging out i'm like you're a fucking dweeb go away it's funny that in just a very few years that word would take on a whole new meaning (laughs) he's like it's the cougars or the hawks or whatever and then (laughs) such a fucking dork (laughs) 
<laughs> Skippy's like, "Hey, we gotta go to the gotta go to the hole. It's the bar that they hung out with when they were in, hung out at when they were in college." And he's like, "All the freshman biddies are gonna be there." And Max is like, "No, I don't want to go because it's just sad. We were like celebrities to them, but now going back would be like doing Hollywood Squares." <laughs> yeah, and I'm, he's like, "I'm too I'm too nostalgic. I'll admit it." And Skippy's like. It, we graduated four months ago. What could you possibly be nostalgic for? One of my favorite lines in the movie right here. He's like, I'm nostalgic for conversations that I had yesterday. Why do you think I listen to this podcast? <laughs> exactly. See, I totally get it. You get it. And it's it's just funny. And he so he decides he's not going to the bar. We also meet Kate here and she's playing Kate, by the way. Kate, I love Kate. Who is she? Let's talk about Kate for a minute. The actor's name is Kara Buono. Is that how you pronounce that name? I thought she was super cute so i'm like oh who is that i wonder if she you know what does she grow into apparently she grew into mike's mom on fucking stranger things yes she did and she is still a fucking smoke show god oh my damn. god if anything she's more of one now yeah like like me and rachel watching that show we're like fuck she's hot why is she married to that dork <laughs> I'm like, dude, fuck Billy. Do him <laughs> for advocating her fucking some high school kid. Hey, I. so was I. Like when I was like, good for you, honey. Yeah, rock it. Yeah, I like her a lot. Her character's kind of, she's very uh, New York, very Brooklyn, yes. Chicago, whatever the fuck. She has that Italian gangster fucking Boston accent, wherever the fuck they are. You know, you, you, you get the, uh, you guys, you guys get it. She's also like super ditzy, but then you learn later how old she is. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, no, yeah, it's totally makes sense uh so grover's gonna tutor her and she gets introduced to the rest of the guys and he's <laughs> grover's like you know max is like who's the child and grover's like it's <laughs> max <she's>, talking his <laughs> shit yeah she's my 2t you know her you've met her and <laughs> otis is like so how come everybody has these little things that i don't know about like you with your tutoring and otis with your fucking <laughs> mechanical engineering and he's like that's because you don't listen i know kate because he's all smug about it when he gets something right. And Skippy's <laughs> Skippy's being dumb, and he's like, I re-enrolled in school. And this is where Chet comes over, and, and we get the first interaction between the group and Chet, and how you can tell Max really hates him. And I don't know why. I think Max is just like, he's like, what is that word? He's afraid of him because he's smarter than he is, and he knows it, and he doesn't like it. Well, I think it's not only that. I think Chet also represents where Max doesn't want to see himself. Oh, but that's he can something. see himself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> You're right. But like the difference between Chet and Max is that Chet is 100% okay with being who he is, where he is. Max acts like he's 100% okay with himself, but he's completely full of shit. And Chet scares him because he's afraid that he'll eventually end up like Chet, even though he won't because he's not actually like Chet. Yeah, no, you're you're right. You, you picked up on that. I didn't quite. But yeah, that is exactly what that is. Yep. And Otis needs a second interview at Video Planet. <laughs> <laughs> turns turns out to be a fun little subplot starring the guy from ski school oh is that who that is i've never He's seen ski school celebrity but... <laughs> in this movie oh god um so skippy leaves max goes home grover and otis are left at the bar there's so many like weird scenes and moments i'm gonna have to start skipping over a bunch because holy shit there's so many in this fucking movie and they're all good like every moment is just something to talk about this one yeah this is another one of those lines that's on the fucking case there's food in the beer the grover and otis <laughs> order beer 
and and Otis has this big chunk of something in it. And then of course Otis being Otis, he's a very timid. He's a little guy, remember? Even though he's like six foot five, he's fucking huge. And he's like, "There's food in here. There's food in the beer." And he's like, Grover's like, "Send it back." And he's like, "No, no, don't don't call her over here. I think she's had a bad day. I just want her to like me. I like this better anyways. It's fine." So he does the grossest fucking thing, and he just he doesn't take the food out before he drinks it. He just takes a big drink and then then pulls the food out of his mouth. And Not I, he doesn't just take a drink. He <laughs> opens his mouth so that he can swallow this chunk of who the fuck knows what with the beer like he's taking a pill but he doesn't get it down it's so gross that's yucky and then he pulls it out of his mouth he's like (laughs) (laughs) that has nothing to do with anything it's just a funny scene otis and grover end up at the hole and otis is like i should have bought my should have brought my hanky and he's like what the fuck do you need a hanky for he's like oh i think i'm trying a new thing and i'm glad i wore these slacks i think i made a good choice with these tonight because otis is gonna get laid and i don't think he actually is um they get to the door and you call everybody else a celebrity this is the only guy in the movie that i knew he was on a show (laughs) called wizards of waverly place he played the dad and he (laughs) Disney, oh Disney really show. that's what you know him from yep he was on fucking 21 jump street dude didn't watch 21 jump street everybody watched 21 jump street i did not he's even in the movie what i probably i probably said the same thing it's like oh it's that guy from wizards of waverly place at the end when johnny depp appears he's johnny depp's partner you know i, I only saw those movies once and i don't remember them very well i remember that part you remember johnny depp appearing yeah no i, I remember that part i do yeah he's the guy who's oh. with him undercover well good for david deloise god damn it <laughs> i wonder if he's dom deloise's son that is what i always thought like he has to be related to him in some way oh son of legendary actor and comedian dom there you go yep he is dom deloise jr is is the door <laughs> guy and otis has a habit of forgetting his fucking wallet he does it again later and the dude's like hey you know i need to see some id he's like okay he's like oh, but oh, I don't, I don't have it. I left my wallet. And he's like, then I can't let you in. And I always thought he said, like, he was just being cool. I always thought he said it. You can't drink without it. But he says, you can't drink without id. He's saying ID, but he's saying it is one word. He says id. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> you gotta have id. You can't drink without id. <laughs> I did not realize that. I had the subtitles on. That's the only reason I fucking figured it out. Oh my god, that's actually that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> and then before before we cut to this very sad, um, we let let's talk about. I'm just gonna bring up this line real quick. Uh, Skippy and Otis are talking after Otis fucking strikes out with the nose ring girl, which is her credit, by the way. She is nose ring girl. <laughs> seriously yeah somebody off screen screams at skippy and goes hey you fuck like you know endearingly and then skippy says hey if it isn't fuck suck ass shitcock i had to write that one down (laughs) he's like that that's fish that guy's pretty cool this guy's such a dweeb then we cut back to grover and he's leaning on the wall i don't know why he didn't just leave he got you know just leave just go but he meets this girl who is somebody else that i know from stuff that nobody else is gonna know her name is perry reeves oh that's right she plays fucking the character de silva in child's play 3 holy fuck that is a deep cut yeah i know wow i don't even remember a character named de silva she's andy's love interest she's the the girlfriend character okay i don't even remember him having a love interest in that honestly well he does 
get your shit together. But that's why I watched I, that's it right after we did the Child's oh, really? Play podcast. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's where like I know I, her from. I immediately went home and watched Child's Play two and three back to back that night. <laughs> so they must they must have a moment because Grover ends up back in her dorm room because she's a freshman. They have a little thing and she's like, oh, you you do you have a fake ID? He's like, no, I have a real ID. She's like, oh, you're 21. He's like 22. She's like, whoa, old man river. <laughs> <laughs> she must be like 18 or something. Um, yeah, gotta be. So they go back to her dorm, and I I want to imagine that it is exactly like this. College dorm rooms, especially freshman college dorm rooms, listening to shitty music, and one dude has an acoustic guitar that he's not even playing. Oh, I, yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? I mean, logically. <laughs> and then he's just, Grover's just sitting on there with a, with a big 40 in his hand, just fucking like watching these idiots dance around. Oy, oy, oy. Which honestly is the only thing I could do if I were in that situation. Even in my 20s, I would only be able to sit there and just be like, all right, let's get fucked up. No, I am 100% Grover in that situation. And I'm just waiting for everybody to leave because I know it means I'm getting laid. That's it. That's the only reason <laughs> I'm sticking around. I'm Grover in that situation in that he has that conversation where he's like, I don't think we should do this. All right, I'll I'll sleep over, <laughs> but I'm not going to sleep with you. And then she's and then like, it, "Take off your pants, bitch." <laughs> yeah, basically, that's what I need out of a woman, and I love that. Oh my oh, god, if funny. a woman does that, I am so there. Like that is my turn on is a woman taking control. Grover sexually, sexually. Yeah, I want to oh, stress. Sh- so she has to like make sandwiches otherwise. Oh, I mean, like I'm fine with being equals, but like I don't want to be controlled in the rest of my life. But sexually, I I like being controlled. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. if I'll someone tries to tell me what to do like if i if i at this point in my life when i was married it was very different at this point in my life if i if if i was dating a girl and she was like hey you're gonna do this i'd be like hey go fuck yourself because i don't need a relationship that badly we have a good thing going over here so that's nice we're like we're like equals oh man that's a fucking fucking revolution dude what kind of weird adult shit is that I hear all sorts of stories from people at work that are married. I'm like, dude, A, grow a pair. B, don't be such a bitch. Like, she's not, I don't fucking know. They That's the way some of those guys think about women. I'm like, you guys don't even deserve to have a wife. I definitely didn't. The race war guy is divorced and he always bitches about how she like, we had, we had like two houses in Florida and they would have been paid off if we, I'm like, oh, fuck off. You're a, you were a dick to her and you know it. I know you were. That's, that's a very, very safe bet. That is, that is the house in Vegas safe bet. So Grover is going to call Max, but before he calls Max, Max is like sitting alone doing the crossword puzzle. This was 1995, everybody, by the way. So there was no internet internet yet yeah there were no phones for people to be scrolling yeah and you couldn't stream shit so whatever was on tv was what was on tv and not everybody just sat and watched tv all the time like we do now there was a remarkably small amount of tv watching that went on in this movie because in a movie like this you can have characters sitting in front of the tv and still having a conversation there's only like one scene of that which is basically where they established that grover is <laughs> has a weird relationship with tv no otis has a weird relationship with oh TV. excuse me that's right it's oh no no it's um yeah, yeah otis, it's otis. sorry and he's like i got that I get... mixed up in my head you know how i am with yeah things. i know if i get too sucked in then i know it's time to change the channel what the fuck does that mean <laughs> if you get sucked in that means it's a good show like you don't you don't change the channel after that 
He's such a fucking weirdo. But Max is just sitting there and he's like, he looked at the, he looks at the books and the ceiling. He's like, ceiling? Books? As I lay dying? Which I, at that point, I didn't know was a book. I only knew it was the band. And then Heart of Darkness. And then he's singing. He's like, Heart of Darkness. And right as the phone rings. And he does that thing, like the phone rings and he like looks around because he's like embarrassed, kind of, <laughs> that he's like doing that. You ever have that moment where you're doing something kind of alone? Nobody's there and nothing happens, but like something Im- wakes you up out of your weird little dumb thing you're like oh that was i just feel dumb for having doing that having been doing that and then grover yeah, just, just described most of my life <laughs> grover had just called him because he's like he's like hey uh when josie and the pussycats were in space what was the name of the fat guy who flew <laughs> And of course, we all know it was bleep bleep. Naturally. The girl's behind her, behind him, and he's like, I think I'm, you know, I should probably call Jane at some point. And she's like, you got a quarter for me? And then Max goes, is that Jane 2, Electric Boogaloo? My very first, <laughs> the very first reference to Breakin' 2 that I ever heard, and I didn't know anything about Breakin' yet. That's okay. I've still never seen Breakin' or Breakin' 2. Apparently, every time somebody says Electric Boogaloo, they're talking about Breakin' 2. I did know that, but I don't remember at which point I learned that. Me either. It just It's just an information that I fucking picked up at some point. Yeah, it's one of those, like, it just permeates the culture so much that eventually you just know it. Um, and then that girl has a really good line. Cause, you know, like you said, he's like saying, no, I don't want to sleep with you. I, you know, I'll spend the night and shit. And she says, be romantically self-destructive with me. I, I, I kind of <laughs> like that line. And then Max is talking to himself in the mirror and he's like, oh, what's your name? Max. Oh, what do you do? I do nothing. You do nothing. I've been there. I understand that completely. It's fall semester, and let, let's do this one really quick because we talked about how your dad is pro-life. Grover and Max are visiting the college campus for some reason, and then, of course, Skippy's there because fall semester has started, and he's like, hey, guys, <laughs> I gotta go. I can't talk, and why'd I wave him? Just gonna... Max is like, you know, I find myself writing go to bed and wake up in my, in my date <laughs> book as if they're two separate events. That one... <laughs> That one got gotcha. you. <laughs> that one stung a little bit. And then that one stung a little bit. And I, then off screen. I wish I could say. Yeah. <laughs> and then off screen, after a little, there's like a conversation going on. Uh, but off screen, Max <laughs> goes, "See, you make fun of me." And then he walks over, and the camera pans over, and there's a sign that says "Cookie Man Pro Life." <laughs> and he's like, "You make fun of me, but there's something going on here." <laughs> I also wow (laughs) talk about pulling a reference out of fucking nowhere oh my god I completely forgot that was even a scene that fucking that that cookie man thing I love it I've posted that on Facebook too and nobody got it I'm like of course the the cookie man thing is a great scene when they do that initial thing but I totally forgot that it came around again (laughs) I love it so much especially this time because it's just I I put on my Facebook one day that could the cookie man is pro-life and people got really confused you just posted a screenshot of that no i just i just just typed it i just put the words it made it even weirder everybody's like wait wait you lost a foot and who's the cookie man so let's we'll we'll cut to a little later in the day i think max and miami are just kind of hanging out at the bar together at and you know i don't know there must be a scene cut of how they both ended up there together without their friends their their connective tissue being skippy i don't know i thought there was some sort of to use your term connective tissue there i don't i don't think there was there's the max and grover are at the college talking and then 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 just cuts to the bar so they're I guess it must just be that my brain filled something in there, you know, because I agree. It felt like there was some connective tissue. So my brain was just like, oh, yeah, Skippy must be in the background somewhere or something like like that. It should have been there, but it's not. And then because he asks, hey, where's Skippy? And she's like, oh, he says he's studying, but he's probably just 
just watching TV and drinking the cold 45s. You know, the big ones. And Max is like, yeah, I know. Him. <laughs> and then that Frederick guy comes up to her and goes, can I get you a jello shot, Miami? Grip. <laughs> And then she's like, yeah, sure. And then he walks off and off screen, you hear him go, two grapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the fucking, and okay, this is funny because I wanted to bring this up. He goes, are you coming to the rally? It's for racism. Racism spans the globe from Howard Beach to Crown Heights. And then Max is like, what the hell does that mean? That's like racism spans from here to the dance floor. And I looked it up. Crown Heights is a half hour away from Howard Beach. So I'm totally on Max's side there. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and I did not realize that. I assumed from what Max said that it was, you know, like like saying like from here to Tacoma, you know. <laughs> but I didn't realize it was that fucking close. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. No, I had to look it up just just to see because I knew I wanted to at least mention that. So then Max and Miami do this little thing where they're like voicing characters of all the people that are there. It's like, oh, this this guy's gonna I'm gonna be taken to, to college court for date raping one of these two girls and uh who's this guy with the leather jacket? Just some fucking mickey rourke wannabe mickey rourke mickey rourke wannabe jerkwad they had a cup they had a couple of ones in there that weren't just like throwaways no they were it was pretty funny i didn't write them down though because i'm a fucking asshole (laughs) but they start making out and they're gonna fuck later but we don't see it it's just suggested it's well it starts with her coming in and just kissing him real kissing him just boom by the way parker posey's super hot in this movie oh god she is she's so hot i've never found her that hot before but i'm like oh shit no i I have i've always i've always been kind of into her but yeah like she is she's super (laughs) hot in this movie and then we get another there's a message from jane at home and there's a flashback we're at a coffee shop where jane works and she sees that grover's there (laughs) and she's like hey um i wanted to say that i liked your story but you said something about me being perversely attracted to your to your story and i wanted to tell you that i'm not going to be attracted to so many spelling mistakes and so i'm responding to your witticism now she says and he's like 14 hours after i said it she's like yeah and then they have a little that was such a fucking sweet scene it was pretty nice i liked it she is like, again she's so fucking cute and i i buy it i like her well not only that but it's a great approach like god i wish i wish i could be that smooth you mean a great approach for on her part yeah yeah what a great fucking approach god doesn't hurt that she's you know like you said she's just super cute but like i was just in awe of her delivery like it was just it was fantastic they have a little bit more of a conversation but we need to get to the most important part of this movie for me okay so the let's flashback is over let's talk about the book club <laughs> Okay, I had to I had to connect the dots there for a second. Otis and Chet are trying to start a book club. They're in this house together in which they don't live by the way, but nobody else is there. I think Grover might be hiding somewhere talking to his dad or some shit. Are we 100% sure Otis doesn't live there? He says because he brought his stuff with him from the airport. He did, but he said he was going to move back in with his mom. Oh yeah, that's right. No, he he is living with his mom. Fuck, and Chet definitely that. doesn't live there cuz Max would not allow that. I'll tell you why they're meeting there because they could they had that set because <laughs> that's long the location period. they had. Um, so the book club. This is very important because you know what book they're reading, right? All the Pretty Horses by, by Cormac, Cormac McCarthy. McCarthy. So I believe I had probably seen the movie The Road at this point. And I love Cormac McCarthy, even though his books are super hard to read. I've always liked them. Hearing Chet talk about it, he's like, oh, thank God we speak fluent Spanish, right? I didn't know what he was talking about yet. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then talking about how he was aroused by the horse and all the violence and stuff. So, <laughs> that, have you have you read all the pretty horses? I have, I have. Because it I, is what, yeah, it is for the reader. If you or the listener, excuse me, if you haven't read it, there's a huge chunk of that book that is just Spanish with no translation. Guess who skipped over it? Me. And that that's actually where I was going with the story. So what happened? I saw this movie and I loved it. You know, this is the, this was at the time just like one of my favorite movies. I talked about it all the time. I told every, anybody who would listen. But I was looking at books at fucking goodwill and i see all the pretty horses and i'm laughing my ass off i'm like i'm buying this book (laughs) i didn't know who the fuck cormac mccarthy was i'm buying this book because it's funny and it's funny to me it's only funny to me but i need it you are literally the only person who's (laughs) laughing at all the pretty horses oh yeah yeah no shit right i didn't know what the book was about eventually somewhere down the line i'm like oh the road i saw that movie that's the book and then i take i get the road home and then i look i'm like wait a minute that guy wrote all the pretty horse oh oh what the fuck and i'm just kind of like really confused that i didn't put it together this movie basically introduced me to cormac mccarthy that is such a strange takeaway not weird because they never say what the book is like, no you i can just see the cover yeah. kind of but you kind of have to be looking for it too that's what i did i watched this movie so many times so they're talking they're, they're doing the book club and you know otis is like max you know don't tell max because he very likely will have an opinion <laughs> <laughs> And then Otis is like, you know what? I'm sorry I didn't read the book. You know, I have my brother with a mail fraud thing and my mom caught me authorizing a porn station last night. And remember those days? No, you don't remember those days. You were too young. No. Well, I do remember wanting to authorize the porn stations. Yeah. You weren't old enough to have the access codes, though. No, no, I was not. So then Otis makes some comment about he's like, I'm going to blow off this job interview. You know, the second video, the second interview at Video Planet. (laughs) And Otis is like, you need a healthy dose of self-esteem. Get the job. Get out of your mom's house please please and he's like but what if i don't get it and then chet says you shoot for the stars and you hit the roof and then he does that fucking distant look again and then it's just done <laughs> like you know what he was trying to say but he just totally fucks it up but he's like eh, close enough you want you want you want to take the video store because the, you actually know who this guy is oh yeah it's the it's the guy who starred in ski school uh he's also for the listener i know you haven't watched it but if any of our listeners have watched basically the ski school episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia where they go to the mountain and they're they're going to race for who gets to stay on the mountain that guy also makes an appearance in that episode but uh yeah i can't remember what his name is but he he was he was very popular as sort of an underdog character in the 80s and so here he is in the 90s and he's you know he's kind of pushing middle age and stuff and so he's got like a big beer belly which looks fake i'm pretty sure it was fake but i'm not 100 percent sure right <laughs> and he's basically playing that guy who if if you were an adult or or a teenager like like an older teenager in the 90s you 100% met this guy at one of the video stores you went to where this guy his whole life is movies his whole life is knowing that video store and and he is the walking encyclopedia he's basically Quentin Tarantino except without the success oh and he <laughs> this dude is insane like <laughs> the first thing he says is like oh hey we have like a special special set like if if I said, where you find Turner and Hooch, what would you say? And Otis is like, comedy. He's like, close. We have a special section for dog pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then he looks over and he's like, what's this? Somebody put terms of endearment in prison movies. It's supposed to be in terminal illness. And then he screams, <laughs> Earl! <laughs> 
So it's one of those video stores. We yeah. all had them. If you lived, if you lived in any kind of a major city, that video store was out there. <laughs> and and oh man, who would win in a fight? Somebody says this. Who would win in a fight? Freddie or Jason? Wouldn't find out for eight years. Yeah, something like that. Shit. And by the way, at this point, when this movie came out, there were only nine Jason movies. We'll fucking get to that here in a second. Oh, that's right. Because when yeah, uh, they they stop it. Jason goes to hell, didn't yep. they? So midterms. Grover's talking to his mom, and basically he's in the middle of the separation. Blah blah. Otis. Okay, well, we get to another another book club thing, and everybody's in the house this time. Otis still hasn't read the well, book. Well, it's like it's like a couple of months later. It, it should be a week. It says a week because they. Well, maybe he say he, he did say we would get back together next week, and then no, but like then there's a title card in between. It said midterms. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just <clears throat> maybe somebody just forgot what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> Either way, Otis still hasn't read the book. <laughs> And then Max is like, why do you keep on bringing him over here? Like, he's like, he's a friend of mine. And he's like, you you have enough friends. Stop spreading your affection too thin. It wears, it wears out or some shit. You know, he calls him a jack and apes and that's pretty funny. And, uh, and then Grover comes out of the kitchen and really quick and goes, Hey, uh, did you screw Miami? And then appar- <laughs> apparently Otis spilled the beans to everybody, well to Grover. And then maybe that was the connective tissue. Maybe he oh, was maybe. at the bar with Otis. Oh, possibly. Well, and, that, and it just got cut. You know, Max says he told Otis because they've developed such a weak and pathetic familiarity with each other that talking to you is like talking to myself and then max is such a dick <laughs> and then you know how was she and everybody perks up for that one uh we get Who a, wouldn't want to know i i would so want to know i wonder what his answer was yeah he doesn't answer uh flashback because he's a gentleman i'm kidding he's obviously not. so we get another flashback it's more coffee shop talk you know black cup he doesn't like to drink out of a black cup he likes to see what he's drinking she doesn't like raisins blah 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 they talk about their parents now we're we're, we're cruising now we're cruising oh it should be noted for the list listener if you haven't seen this movie fucking whatever all of the flashback sequences are grover's relationship with jane progressing yes that is that is true every so, single yeah. one is like is like a ne- a little while down the road a little while down the road and it all all progresses towards them being in a relationship like that's sort of the end flashback is them being in a relationship with, like they haven't they don't like fully decide to be in a relationship until like they have that moment yeah and it's where, a super where cute. he says that line about i you wish, know, we, I were wish we were an old couple old, yeah I, I love that it's so fucking adorable. It's a little cringy just because it's totally something I would say and I can see <laughs> kicking myself about later, but at the same time it would probably work. <laughs> Let's talk about Max in the in the college cafeteria real quick because this is actually important. And this is another one of those that was on the cover, another line. So he walks yep. up to Kate, who happens to be working at the college, and he's like, can I have some more pasta and another potato? And she's like, I can't. One entree per person. And he's like, potato is an entree. And then they have their whole thing. And he says everything like that, like potato <laughs> is an entree. He does. Every like, line is delivered that's that his way. cadence. <laughs> I wasn't exaggerating. No, no, um, not a bit. They get like acquainted and he's kind of being a dick to her and she's like he's like bend the rules she's like i can't i'll lose my job and she's like hey aren't you grover's friend he's like oh you're the oh you're kate you're the yeah he does this thing where he like walks away and then circles back real quick he's like hey can i have another potato kate yeah she's very clearly like she likes him and it's almost christmas another message from jane grover and his dad have that conversation about having sex with women And it's, it's one long shot, which is kind of fun. I always like that kind of stuff in these movies because you know that they, they might have done it on purpose, but they probably did it because they didn't have time to do coverage. Well, I, Elliot Gould is a really, he's a great actor, you know? So I think that, um, Bombach would have known that he could count on him 
throughout that scene you yeah, know to, to sort of carry the scene which he does i mean he's you know he's absolutely fantastic in this as this character like he's just he's just this broken but not <laughs> letting you know like he, he doesn't want to let anybody know but it's so obvious that he's deeply fucked up over yeah. this divorce and everything you know but it seems like he's got a rich girlfriend now that he's gonna move in with so that's okay and at the same time it looks like he's living in his car i mean it's yeah, a kinda. rental but we want to talk about max and kate on their date okay let's because... talk about max and kate on the date that turns unwittingly creepy <laughs> the first thing you hear max say is like i'm wearing jeans right now i don't usually wear jeans it's weird and then she's like should we take should we take your car or mine he's like i don't have a car i don't drive so she unlocks the door for him but she doesn't like open it and he's just kind of standing there not knowing what to do and i'm (laughs) it's kind of pathetic and a little funny (laughs) like that was that was such an eye-rolly moment for me i was like (laughs) jesus max come on Uh, is that is that how how few balls you actually have that you expect the door to be open for yes man yes it does intercut with something else but let's let's just talk about the date they get back to her like house and well almost they almost get they pull into her house area and there's a big truck just in the way (laughs) (laughs) and she's like this motherfucker's not moving get the fuck out of the way you want to fight i'll break your fucking legs she grabs a tire iron and he's like it's fine let's just park here (laughs) just like in the middle of the road this dude she's yelling at is in a redneck mobile (laughs) he's bearded and and flanneled out and he's got a bumper sticker that says i'd, I'd rather, rather be, be bow hunting. hunting don't irritate him further he'd read already rather be bow hunting <laughs> eventually the dude does pull away though and she's such a little firecracker i love her she's so funny oh she's great so he leaves and then he's like max is like oh he left and she's like yeah and then they get out of the car they park they get out of the car and he's like oh you have nice eaves on your house and she's like oh you do the crossword too and then it's uh you know it's my birthday tomorrow and he's like (laughs) and he does not like that he's like it's like a venereal disease a birthday at this point if i get you something too big it's like i'm trying too hard if i don't get you something big enough it's like i'm not trying hard enough and yeah there's it's a big thing everybody really needs to watch this movie so you can get the finer details because we're running out of time so we, we're gonna cruise through some of this shit now um and then then she they, tells him what birthday it is yeah it's her 17th birthday and i thought it was way more creepy when i've when i thought he was older but i'm like oh he's only 22 so it's a few years less creepy it's still a little creepy but it's still creepy because she's 16 right now yeah, she's 16 it's less creepy when she's 17 but she's right on the edge there it's like at that point i would like if i was him i'd have just been like what the fuck what (laughs) and while all this is happening miami and skippy are kind of hanging out in her dorm room or his dorm room or whatever because he's in school so who knows uh it's probably hers she calls him jack i don't know if that's his real name or not yeah because she tells him to get out yeah sort of it's her dorm room her thing is can we just admit some lies that we may have told each other in her parker posey cadence yes because she has that kind of voice and he's like Skippy's like, oh my god, what a question. She's like, you know, I'll just write it down. I'll just write it down. She wrote, writes down with the Sharpie that she makes him hand her. <laughs> I cheated on you with a sad face. <laughs> Which, seriously, what a fucking... Oh my god, then, what a way to do it. Yeah, and then he just sits there and he's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, don't do anything. Just be like, alright, cool, bye. But, you know, he's 22 and it's hard to make decisions about things. Okay, let's let's not pretend like that you would just be like, alright, I'm done with oh, no, I Parker Posey. I wouldn't know what to do. There. I'm 34 now and that's exactly what I'd be like, like, fuck, whatever. Oh no, at this point, sure. <laughs> yeah, but like, we're talking about a guy who's like 22 years old. And that's the only girlfriend he's ever had. Yeah, like, they've, they've been together for years and she's super hot. And he 
says, I mean, granted, been there, done that, you know, yeah. like, but still, like, you know. And she that, says, she says, you make me sad, Skippy. And he's like, I begged you to stay on Prozac. I'm like, God, what a dick. <laughs> that is such a dick line. And that's where she says, you know, you you guys are all in love with each other and you guys all want to fuck each other and stuff. And yeah, so that's the thing. They break up right there. At the same time, like, there's sort of that thing that they have at the end where she's like, get out. And he starts mouthing okay. along with her. Yeah, that's weird. I don't really understand what that is. And I never really got that. I think that's a relationship thing. You know, like it's one of those things where even in a weird moment, I mean, you must have this at some point with Rachel, like even or, in a weird or frustrating or moment where tensions should be high. One of you is able to diffuse the tension by doing something that, you know, the other is going to connect with. Oh, no, she'd fucking kill me if I tried anything like that. Some people just <laughs> need to feel things. Yeah, that, that's true. Some people don't go for it, but some people do. And if you've ever I don't know if you've ever had that. I have had that. You know, I mean, it was it's rare. Um, You know, that's certainly not something you can plan. <laughs> you know, that girl that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, the one that I the one that I said, uh, hey, bitch, I forgive you. <laughs> She would do shit like that. I'd be at, I'd be talking to her about very serious shit because we had a shitty relationship, but I always wanted to talk about it. And then she'd be like, she'd just get this dumb smile on her face and lift up her shirt. I'm like, put your fucking tits away. We need to talk about this. <laughs> It was so fucking infuriating. Yeah, you see, and it's honestly, from you telling that story, it sounds like you and Rachel are on the same page. Like, yeah. you wouldn't like it if she did that, and she wouldn't like it if you did that. But I am I actually would like it a lot of the time if the other person did that. Yeah, most, most of the time, if I'm pissed, I'm like, just leave me alone for a minute. I'll be fine. We'll talk in yeah, a second. Yeah, like, if you can turn it around and get me out of being pissed, I love that. You're a simp, you know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that. I don't really want to talk about it, but the the bleeding cactus line oh it made me laugh bleeding cactus why am i not remembering this? it's when grover's trying to nail that redheaded chick in her dorm room and that frederick guy is in there and he's reading the poem to his girlfriend or that that chick and he's like something something bleeding cactus i was just kind of hypnotized by her tits and his ass at that moment yeah she's a good looking chick but uh we don't even need to talk that scene goes fucking nowhere he doesn't have a condom he doesn't get laid oh no but then right after that we cut to otis at the video store and dr giggles and somebody references fucking dr giggles who fucking in the early 90s who would reference dr giggles it was 94 i think dr giggles was like pretty new was it oh well video. i guess yeah that kind of makes sense dr giggles insane yeah. doctors next to interesting failures yes <laughs> And all the subsections <laughs> of this video store are just fantastic. Yeah, I definitely know that guy. Otis is also getting really into it, by the way. He's like, you, mister, were not kind, did not rewind. Now you'll get a fine. But then he tells him about his movie and how it's a mother and son like fucking each other. And he's like, it'll just be it'll be just like Lolita. And Otis is like, yeah, but they weren't blood relations in Lolita. And then ski school is like, I know it's provocative. You're disturbed. You're shocked. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're shocked. They'd have to invent a section for my movie. <laughs> now we're getting into, like, the actual climax of the fucking movie here. They're all at the bar. Every, every one of our characters that we followed, except for the dad, obviously, the and, and uh, Jane, because she's in fucking Czech or well, Slovakia. Her, her. Again, we didn't really follow those characters. No, no, that's true. You're right. So all the, all the characters that we have followed so far, except for Miami. Um, Who, again, we didn't really follow. She just kind of wandered in and out of the story. No, you're right. This is kind of a guy's show, isn't it? Yeah, very much yeah. a sausage fest. So they're having a trivia game at the bar and Kate is the trivia master and Skippy's not too happy about it. <laughs> um, and she's like, name me all nine of the Friday the 13th movies. I'm like, nine? The fuck? <laughs> Fucking year is this? 
<laughs> and then Otis dings in and he's like, it's this one, this one, this one, which I probably know them all, but I don't feel like fucking. And then he's like, and then this one. And then the last one is Jason goes to hell. And they're like, well, what's number six? And he's like, Jason, uh, Jason sucks some cock. I'm pretty sure it's Jason sucks some cock. <laughs> and then uh, Max chimes in. Is it Max? Yeah, it's, yeah Max. it's Max. Max chimes in with, no, it's Jason kills. Very, very cocky. Jason kills. Like, yeah. Dude, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, it's not fucking Jason kills. Jason kills in every one of those suck ass movies or whatever Skippy said. And then it's Skippy's turned, not having it. No, he is not into it. He's especially pissed because uh, Kate gave Max the points yeah, for we'll saying Jason anyway. kills. It's like, no, we not give it to him anyways. Oh, yeah, he's not. He's not into it. And then it goes over to Grover and he's like, it's Jason lives. And yep. it seems like that should be some important moment, but it really isn't. But it kind of is, but it's not. Well, isn't that the isn't that where I mean, that that specific moment where he says oh, Jason oh, lives when the okay. camera kind of focuses on Grover real quick. But then Skippy has a nervous breakdown and he's like, Kate, get the fuck out of here. You're not one of us. I'm I'm losing it. You need to go over there. And that's where he says, you know, this is conversational blue balls and none of us are fucking going anywhere. And this is where Grover chimes in and says, you know, because Max is being kind of addicted Skippy as usual. And he's like, leave Skippy alone you fucking and then that's his role that's what we like about skippy we like to kick him around and make fun of him that's his role that's the thing and he's like well we should adjust and treat him better you know he's not a child and which by the way i 100 percent believe max is telling the truth in that scene in that moment oh yeah like, they that is exactly how they think of him yeah in fairness and, me too he fucking deserves it fuck that guy yeah i think i think otis and grover think of him that way too but like they're kind of trying to develop away from that yeah and he and he says it's the pressures the hawks have put on each other put on ourselves to remain friends <laughs> And then isn't isn't it Otis is like, what are you talking about the hawk? I thought we were the cougars. Cougars, hawks, jerk offs. What? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then they have that affectations have become habits and it all will lead back to Jane in a second. Like everything that they are doing right now, the bar that they're hanging out in, the scotch that they're drinking, the cigarettes that Grover's smoking, it all leads back to Jane. And that, would, that leads us into another flashback. This is the second to last flashback where they actually meet up at the bar and Jane's having one of those moments where her name sounds really weird which we all have those where we're just like and she's just like jane jane and then chet's off in the background going chet chet they're clearly both a few drinks in at this point uh she picks the song on the jukebox which i wouldn't like the song normally but it kind of works for what we're going for in the movie the jukebox that only plays country only plays country music yes and and i wrote down the affectations begin because you know she's drinking scotch and she hands him a cigarette and the, the conversation like oh i'm drunk i know i'm hiding it well and she's like yeah but when you were over there you were calling you were saying diaphragm instead of diploma and she's like what about me am i do do i seem drunk and he's like no no when you called chet daddy i thought that's who he was (laughs) and she has to go to her therapist and she's drunk and you know she puts her coat on and grover like they're into each other at this point you can kind of tell it's kind of a it's a cute thing they got going on he's like stands up he wants to help her with her coat but he doesn't quite know what to do which that's a situation that i've been in before you're trying but you don't want to do anything stupid so (laughs) just kind of uh so you look dumber by trying not trying to do anything you look dumber by trying not to look dumb you're describing so much of my life oh oh, (laughs) yeah these little observations dating is so hard um and then he has a little he has like a pre-monologue monologue where he's like you know i just hope we feel this way after the alcohol wears off and shit and i'm like oh come on so he finally listens to jane's message all the way when we cut back to present day and the the ending part that we kept missing is just her saying you know i miss you oh yeah the for the listener jane throughout this whole thing ever since you know we came up to the point where it's not before jane goes to Prague. Jane keeps calling and leaving messages and he keeps not responding to them. And this is where we cut to the bar and now it's just Grover hanging out with Chet, just talking to him at the bar. And this is where Chet <laughs> gives him the 
sagely wisdom. <laughs> Grover says something that I can relate to so strong where he's like, oh, I, I keep meaning to call her, but it's so hard. That long distance that, code is so long. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And I don't know. You may or may not know this, but that long distance code is something like 15 numbers. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. You have to dial a code to get out of the United States. Then you have to dial a code for Europe. Then you have to dial a code for which section of Europe. Then you have to dial a code, the area code. Fuck. Then you have to dial the number. Yeah, that's too much. I agree with him. Yeah. So Chet, th- th- this is actually, this is pretty important too. Chet delivers his his wisdom about, you know, I've chosen to be a student, basically. that That's what he's chosen for himself. And he's like, you might have to choose something different and then when chet starts to get really serious grover immediately changes the subject again chet's being all philosophical and serious and then grover immediately goes like hey i like that you drink because he he's like i mean it's a good observation where he's like i like a bartender who drinks that's a good observation i guess that's what threw me from noticing that he was changing the subject because it is it's it's a good character moment in terms of simply saying that is a good character moment but then it's an even better character moment now that i realize he was changing the subject yeah, seriously, watching it the second time is the first time. The second time on this go around is the first time I actually noticed him doing that. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it again. And then Chet comes back with a with it. He's like, "I'm gonna tell you a joke. How do you make God laugh?" Rachel was sitting next to me, and she's like, "Make plans." And I'm like, "He's gonna say make a plan." Chet says, "Make a plan," and she's like, ah, "I knew it." <laughs> <laughs> like, what have you heard that joke before? She's like, no, it just sounded like something that people say. It 100% is something that people say. You got yourself an astute lady there. So that brings us to back to the airport again. Otis is finally ready to go to Milwaukee to go to his graduate school. This time. Took him long enough. Yeah, no shit. This time, Max, Grover, and Kate are all there. And this is where Max is being mean to Otis again. And he's like, Otis is like, my mom put fucking mayonnaise on this sandwich. This thing is swimming in mayonnaise. I can get sick if I don't get this refrigerated soon can i and max is like yep warm mayonnaise only means trouble (laughs) (laughs) earlier on at the the first time he said don't check your bags you'll just lose them so now otis has everything he owns just in his hands (laughs) he's got (laughs) so much fucking shit (laughs) that's his carry-ons i'm just like oh my god what a different time what back when you could actually do that he has his laptop a picture and like 12 bags you totally couldn't do that i mean i I I did but but at the same time, you could just kind of walk up there like that and they'd be like, yeah, we're going to put all that under the plane. Well, yeah. And I'm just like, why aren't you guys walking him closer to the fucking thing? Like you guys could like basically walk on the plane back then. Jesus. Yeah, pretty much. But they're not. You could him. literally walk onto the plane. <laughs> could you actually walk onto the fucking yes. plane? You could you could walk onto the plane, say goodbye, do your final hugs and then get off the plane. As long as you explain to the steward or stewardess there, you were like, yeah, I'm just going to walk him on the plane, say goodbye, help him get his stuff put away and then I'll be off. They'd be like, oh, OK pre 911 everybody yeah it's a different world terrorist one oh they really did they didn't they didn't like fuck everything up but they made flying very inconvenient it's kind of annoying okay continuing Anyways, yep this is an important scene this is actually a very important scene he, he does there's a couple there's a couple jokes here he's like oh no high school i missed that like a bitch too because they're because max brought up that he's going to prom with kate and shit <laughs> Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> and she catches that it's a dig. Like yeah, even yeah. as it's young always. as she is, she's like, "Hey, cut the shit." She's a sharp young lady, so I kind of get how they're together. Like I said, all the women in this movie can just see through the bullshit. They're leaving, they're walking out. As they're walking out, Grover just kind of happens to look over and he sees international international terminal, international flights whatever in this and the the lady behind the counter like she has a plane and she's kind of looking longingly at it and she's like playing with it like a plane statuette. And then Grover leaves, he's like, "Shit, I wish I had 
seen that. But then he walks out and it, it's it's fine. And it does that sitcom thing where they're walking away and the camera just stays steady on one spot. And then Grover runs back into the frame and fucking runs back inside. <laughs> and this is a good moment. He goes up to the goes up to the lady. He's like, when's when's the next shuttle? When's the next plane for Prague? You know, put me on it. And she's like, that flight's full. He's like, because he he finally has this thing where he finally figures out like he needs to he needs to get his ass over to Prague so he can get his girl back. Right. Johnny Cash yeah. isn't going to save him this time. <laughs> I just watched that episode of Letterkenny where where Wayne was telling talking about how his uncle Eddie met his girlfriend when Johnny Cash was with him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I forgot about that. So he goes, well, God, what, what's the big deal if you just send one more person? Everybody, everybody in America has already been to Prague. Like he's being very dramatic. <laughs> yes. Like I in totally way, get it. Only in, only a 20 something. Oh God. Can get away with. I totally understand it. Right. It's kind of annoying, but it's like supposed to be, there's no fucking way. Like, you know, we've all had this at the same time watching this scene. It's a, it's a really good scene for this movie and it's good for this character because this is a movie and this is a character. Yeah, but I- as I'm watching it, <laughs> I'm going, how many TikToks and YouTube videos of people just making utter asses of themselves <laughs> in situations like this? Did this specific scene and scenes like it inspire? Like, how many are they directly responsible for where some person saw it in a movie and was not able to disassociate that from reality <laughs> and sure was you. like, you know what? You're goddamn right. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change that person's mind with my desperate situation. I'm going to tell my story and I'm going to plead and they're going to they're going to have an emotional connection. Meanwhile, <laughs> that person is like, get the fuck out of my face. Well, in Stop fairness, bringing this bullshit to me. She doesn't just decide to put him on the plane. I'm guessing like there was a last minute cancellation, like literally that second. Yeah. I mean, it's like the fact of the matter is, is like there's always standby and stuff like like that stuff does exist. And so there are options. You know, it's not like it's not like there's never an option. But at the same time, you know, like that's all I can think of is because we've moved from the 90s into this entitled period in American history. <laughs> history and it's not like americans haven't been entitled but but we're particularly entitled right now and a lot of it is these gen xers who have grown up and are all now in their 50s you know because <laughs> everything was everything was just handed to them back then kind of <laughs> not really completely handed to them but yeah shit was not quite as weird and hard back then and uh yeah so i can't help but think that having said that it's a really good scene just for the listener please have a sense of perspective about it yeah he he invokes this this big romantic gesture kind of thing and he's he really needs to go to Prague. he's been needing yeah. to go to Prague the entire and fucking movie he should have just gone at the beginning yeah the uh, other thing is the first time i watched this scene all i could think was does he have his passport on him oh seriously <laughs> i didn't even think about <laughs> yeah. it and then she's like oh i'm just gonna need to see your passport and then the music gets kind of sad and then she's like you can always go to Prague tomorrow and fucking <laughs> Six to eight weeks when you actually get your passport. Just fucking deflated. Like that's actually kind of that's a real <laughs> bummer a moment. Breaking too. moment. Ooh, that hurts me. Like because I told the I, you, yeah. you, you you have those moments where you're like I'm gonna fucking do this thing and then they're like this one dumbass detail is holding you back and you don't get to do it right now. And he will never muster the intestinal fortitude to do it again. Never in a million fucking years. <laughs> it took everything he had to get to that moment. Yeah. No. There's no way. We had me and Rachel were having this conversation i'm like what do you think he goes and she's like no i'm like she's like she suggested that when you're 20 he went but now there's no fucking way he went i'm like yeah 
yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Uh, I absolutely agree with her. I want to believe that love conquered, but it definitely didn't. No. Grover is also kind of a bitch. Yep. You know how I know? Because I'm Grover, and I am also a bitch. Yep. So from that scene, we cut into the final flashback and the final scene of the movie, where they start walking. He, uh, Jane and Grover are walking down the sidewalk, and he kind of stops them dead, and he's like, he does that monologue where he's like, you know what? If we were an old couple, I wish I... I lean over and kiss you and you'd be delighted probably like i like his have a smile just kind of boom disappears real quick and then he's like you'd probably be delighted and then he goes through this like you know i just wish we were an old couple so i could do that and then she gives that adorable fucking try <laughs> trying to hold in my retainer smile and i cannot do this yeah. monologue justice at all so i i might just have to put it in because i like this little bit that he does it's kind of cute and it's romantic tacky crap but I can't help but kind of get a little get a little giggly when I hear it. I completely agree. Yes, you should absolutely insert it now. <laughs> yeah, you would. That's what she said. <laughs> and we just spoiled the fucking romantic moment because that's what we do. You can go ahead and cut it in before I say that. We're we're old and romance is dead. Pretty much. And that's okay. I'm resigned to dying alone. But you know what? That's kicking and screaming. It is. It's it's, it's kicking and screaming. Will Ferrell did not make a single appearance, and I'm okay with it. Real quick, what are your final thoughts on kicking and screaming? This is a movie... Fuck, man. Like... Yeah, I can never deny that this is a good movie or that this is an entertaining watch, but fuck it makes me hate myself (laughs) so bad yeah it's a much different perspective for me watching it i think like 10 years ago versus watching it now oh yeah i'm sure because i'm a completely different person now i'm older and slightly wiser i'm not gonna say i'm wise in general but i do have a deeper appreciation for all the weird shit that these idiots do because they're just being dumb kids that have this whole thing is just them not knowing what the fuck they're going to do with their lives. Emotional paralysis. That's what the movie should have been called. Emotional paralysis. Well, the, the movie. The movie was called that. I mean, kicking and screaming is what it's saying is that's their reaction to becoming adults is they are kicking and screaming and begging not to become adults. Can't say I blame them there. Being an adult fucking sucks. They're being dragged kicking and screaming into adulthood against their will. Been there. I'm still kicking and screaming. I fucking hate this. Nope, I gave up. I gave up on my 40th birthday. You old fuck. Don't let it die, man. You gotta keep that shit. Anyways, I don't have the energy to fucking try to convince people to be happy. It's dead. (laughs) Uh, So, Kicking and Screaming, I I recommend this movie, especially if you're into those kind of indie indie style films that came out in the early 90s, like Clerk Slacker, even Reservoir Dogs, even though this is just, this is way different than that, but it's kind of the same. It's the same, two sides of the same coin, let's say. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's informed by a completely different style a completely different voice you know but um but there is there are some aesthetic similarities that it it was using in reservoir dogs was using that you know were very early 90s but i don't want anybody to go in thinking they're in for reservoir dogs no no that's all there's a reason people talk about quentin tarantino and nobody talks about noah bombach <laughs> well i mean hipsters and film nerds talk about Noah. Bombach. okay yes hipsters and people like me who don't actually like any of his movies except for this one <laughs> well I, you know i i remain on the outside of that because i haven't seen any of his other movies so uh, greenberg was okay th- this is the only one i've seen and i pretty much liked it well that's what i thought it was gonna happen when i watched his other movies we'll see i also know that i'm a little more cynical than you and a little more <laughs> see you might love him <laughs> a little more angry than you <laughs> so. you might love him a lot 
yeah who knows like you like i love rob zombie movies and stuff like that too so you know yeah and those those just hurt me those are hard to watch for yeah, me no i i love them so who knows i might adore other no bombach movies you might go you need to watch watch several and tell me what you think but hey after you're done watching kicking and screaming go read all the pretty horses there you go that's definitely a, a good recommend maybe learn how to speak spanish first that's probably a good idea yeah otherwise oh. you're gonna miss about a third of the book also remember that he doesn't use quotation marks so it gets a little fucking weird if you don't <laughs> know what you're in for <laughs> That's why I did the audiobook. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a misprint. The funny thing is, because I did the audiobook, I got about 20% of the Spanish stuff. Okay, yeah, I guess that would, yeah. Now I kind of want to hear the audiobook. Fuck. I have all three of the it's Planes a, trilogy books, by the way. It's a good audiobook. It's it's read by Frank Muller, who is my favorite audiobook reader of all time. So, yeah, if you if you get a chance to do the audiobook, I recommend it. I might, I've been meaning to read more Cormac McCarthy. It's just, I know that my head's going to fucking split wide open when I try try so it's kind of hard i think he's great on audiobook because his writing style translates really well to it whereas i i do have trouble reading like physically you know looking at a book and reading his work because he's so deliberately stylized and stuff but but when he translates into audio his dialogue is really crisp and uh and dry in a way that makes an audiobook work fantastically fantastically well well that's good i might have to check it out everybody else check it out too we're not going to plug that shit though because fuck them right now yeah for the moment we're definitely not plugging any particular format so go ahead and get it however you want but we are going to plug our social media uh social media what what is that uh it's, it's, it follow us on everything at the shark pod i forgot what fucking show we were doing right now <laughs> we only have one <laughs> But this movie goes perfectly well with our Patreon as well, uh, even though they're only nine. Uh, well, you know what, though? By, By the, the time this is out, the ninth fucking episode will be out. If you go to patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood, you can hear us talk about all the Friday the 13th movies during our 2021 the 13th. We already did Jason Kills slash Jason Lives. Yes, we did. September will be month nine. So we'll do apparently the last Jason movie that exists. <laughs> <laughs> Except not According really. According to kicking and screaming. Yeah, back in 1995. God, I didn't realize that movie came out so early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, that that movie will be that episode will be out on Patreon. Jason goes to hell by the time you hear this. So go check that out at Patreon.com/slash Sharks Across Hollywood. I recommend it. Uh, when we come back to you, it will be October. It'll be Halloween. <laughs> so I think we're gonna start the month with ABCs of Death, and we're gonna get really fucking disturbing right off the bat <laughs> you have no idea i'm very scared that's going to be an interesting you episode should be. to do uh but do hey, not watch it with the girls i will not i yeah no they were cutting them off a little bit good call <laughs> but hey we'll see you at halloween time and until then stay jossom <laughs>